Welcome to Drinking Bros Sports, brought to you by KillCliffCBD.com. Sit back, relax, and grab a fucking drink. Go to DrinkingBrosTickets.com for all your ticketing needs. Want to sit with Dan and I at your favorite events? Go to DrinkingBrosTickets.com today. Yes, welcome to Drinking Bros Podcast, everyone. This is the most glorious day I've ever had in my entire life, Dan. Is it? It is. You've had a, a pretty... I've had a really great life. Ordinary life, if this is the greatest one. No, no. I've had a great, great life. Done a, a lot of amazing things. I've accomplished a lot in this life. I'm a New York Times bestselling author. Gosh darn it. I was nominated for an MTV Movie Award, but nothing, nothing gets better than Michigan finally quitting against Ohio State and refusing to play football. I will trade all of that in for this day. Um, I, I almost, I, I'm almost getting a little emotional about it. I'm almost getting choked up uh, about it so much so I can, I can not even say the guest name. Tell it to everybody who we got here today, we have, Anthony. Uh, well, you know, it's it's almost uh, prophetic. I don't know if prophetic is the right word. I would say it's, it is after it, I went scorched earth on all Atlanta sports. It's certainly, it's certainly fortuitous that we have Chris D'Amino, who's an Atlanta sports guy. Here, Legend. Right? Like he, 690 the fan. Does the post game for the Falcons. Yep. Uh, uh, and you, I, there's something that happened between you and Atlanta sports, but I don't recall. What are the exactly chances that we have him on the show today and then Michigan quits against Ohio State? Yeah. I, it honestly does not get any better than this. Chris, welcome to the show. How are you, buddy? I'm doing well, guys. Look, I'm looking forward to another denouncement, another expatriate from uh, Atlanta sports, <laughs> because we're not alone, but you might have the biggest microphone to tell people about it. Man, also, look, you may or may not have heard the show three weeks ago where I, I denounced all Atlanta sports teams. I, I denounced every from, from the state of Georgia, too, even though I didn't go there. Because I told all Bulldogs fans they should quit. I, I told uh, Yellow Jackets fans they should quit. Um, and I certainly denounced the Braves, the Falcons, uh, and obviously the Hawks. And my point was this. I'm, done, I'm from Atlanta. Um, lived there, grew up there my entire life. Went to the Olympics where Richard Jewell saved our lives. Um, and I've said this from the get-go. When a team, or you, when you support a city and a team uh, in, a, in franchises that do not love you back, and you're shelling out hundreds of dollars a year either for tickets or to take your kids or for jerseys or memorabilia and all that stuff, and they keep choking over and over and over again, I'm not going to, to pay attention anymore, and I'm not going to buy any more shit. I won't wear it on the show anymore until you actually win something because it has been a very long time 1995 to be exact since since an Atlanta sports team has won something for me don't you goddamn dare say the MLS team that does not count soccer is not a real sport in America so you're in a bad marriage yes. and every once in a while you have to pull the shoot because mm. you can think of the kids for only so long that's basically what you're saying yeah dude it's time to treat you know, like Bill Burr, was, we went to Bill Burr the other night here uh, in Austin, and uh, he said, you know, I miss the times where like Sean Connery was alive and he was just saying he, he would give his wife a rap on the beak, you know, just a rap on the beak. And you could say that as men in the 50s, like my wife got out of hand. I had a couple martinis and I gave my wife a rap on the beak. Um, Bill Burr said he missed that era of life. 
I this is the way I'm treating Atlanta sports teams. I'm I'm giving them a rap on the beak, and I'm all done with them. Um, I, you you don't have a choice because you work there, and you've got to stay with these guys. Uh, the Braves. Well, let's start with the Braves. Yeah. 3-1 to go to the World Series. No fans, no pressure. Uh, what happened there? Um, Dan has his own feelings about mm. Snidker. Uh, what about you? Well, you, you basically, it's hard to do, but you ran yourself out of a baseball game, which is never good. And then when you got to the Sunday game, because of the uneasiness when you've lived down here long enough, and I'm here 27 years, mm-hmm. uh, I've not given up on that team, by the way. You, mm-hmm. you know, I can ride with you on a couple of those calls. But this team, I'm, I'm sort of still emotionally invested. Uh, it's personal. It's business. It's a, it's a bunch of things. I do the Braves pregame show now, and I've done it for a long time. So I've known this group of guys, and I have watched them build a little bit. I'm not telling anybody else what to do with their time, money, or emotions. I'm out of that business. You know, when you start in sports talk radio, you think you're allowed or you're supposed to tell people what to do with all of those things, their time, money, and emotions. I've been doing it long enough where I'm out of that game. I'm not trying to convince anybody of anything. The Braves, I still see Arrow possibly pointing up, so I'm, I'm still in. But I can tell you when you're up 3-1 and it's that moment of sort of let's, if not go out into the streets, let's tap dance in the house as we make our way out to the street. If you've been here long enough, you know that that's a really bad thing. You're not entitled to dance before something is done. You're not entitled to text your buddy in the third inning of a game, game five, where you think you might win, game six, where you might win and go, oh, my God, we're going to the World Series. You've right. learned all those things. So it's the, my analogy has been the infamous don't touch the stove. And if you get caught up in we're doing this, we're doing this, can you believe this, we're doing that? And I've got a really good, unfortunate 28-3 Super Bowl story about just that. <clears throat> when people did that to me, and mm-hmm. I couldn't push them away fast enough in the building. I was in Houston. And I had national guys that I knew coming up to me saying, you're going to have a parade on Tuesday. And I, there was nobody there with me, but I literally wanted to start shoving people down flights of steps because I said, I'm from Atlanta, brother. We, we don't think like that. We don't talk like that. And if you did, even at one point, you've gotten that out of your mind because that's the hot stove. Um, I'm not sure what the snicker thing is, but I can tell you that I watched the team take themselves out of a game on the base path, yeah. which is hard to do. And they really hadn't been that team. So that comes to the moment of the uh-oh factor. What's going to be the uh-oh moment that they can't recover from? And actually it being on the base pass, that one that one hurt as much as pretty much anything. Yeah, it's, it's interesting uh, because, I mean, I'm a Braves fan too since I was a child. I think I started watching them in uh, in 90 when they sucked. And I was like, wow, this is interesting. And then 91, obviously. Things, Supreme and the, you yeah. know. Yeah, things yeah. changed in 91. And I knew nothing but winning for the next 14 yeah. years. I mean, they didn't win uh, uh, championships except for 95, but they certainly won a lot of ball games, and they had the best uh, f- one, two, three pitching combo in the history of baseball. I don't think that's even debatable at this point. Um, still didn't win games. I feel like the Braves historically play not to lose instead of to win, and I think that's my critique of Snitker. Not, not bringing back Freed on short rest for game, uh, game five was a huge mistake. It's, uh, I, I don't know what the hell he was thinking. I mean, you, if you're going to throw a bullpen game, you can still do it in game six. I don't know why you would, you would not go out with your best. Uh, and it's, th- th- this was the thing all through the late 90s and, and early to mid-2000s where pitchers coming back on short rest was a pretty common thing. Three days rest in a, in a World Series is not uncommon. Many, many pitchers have done that before. Max Fried's a young guy. He's, a pow- he's, he's got a good upper body. Uh, it doesn't, his arm doesn't really get tired as the game goes on. I didn't understand why he made that call. I think it was a huge mistake and it's what lost in the series. 
Well, I can tell you, I was in the building for the Labor's game. I was in the building for the Super Bowl. So I've experienced, I was in the building when Alabama and Georgia where you didn't spike a football. And next thing you know, you're not playing for a national championship. So I've physically been there, emotionally been there. More on top of that. Not, I, wait, I will I, tell you, I, not to yank my own dong, I was also in the building at Houston. I was also there for the Labor's game. And I was also at the Georgia-Alabama game as well. Um, the only so, so that's why when you denounce, yep. you're, you know, I, I've called it the brick wall of shit. And every year we seem to put another brick in the wall of shit that's been on in this town. And that's sort of the way it feels. It's the what's the next one? And and I've done the radio show where you've listed them. I don't want to do the list anymore. I don't want to do the which one hurts the most. I don't want to get cliched about it. But when you try to explain to people, if the biggest thing you have going for you, and it doesn't really count anymore, before LeBron went back to Cleveland was, well, at least we're not Cleveland. That's not a real thing when you live in a city and you're emotionally invested in people, and you're financially invested, and then you get to know them on a personal level. I don't like this. I don't wear it as a badge of honor. Uh, I'm angry at times, no doubt about it. I'm frustrated at times. But I've also found myself not trying to talk people off a ledge anymore, but I'm not trying to put them on the ledge either. I think that most people are smart enough and responsible enough to figure out where it is they stand. You might fluctuate. You might go up and down a little bit, but it's not my business to tell you how to feel when it comes to that. If you want out, I, I certainly understand it. If you have to get out, you got to get out. Yeah, because look, mentally, I can't hang in there anymore with this yeah. team. I, I I was pissed off in the offseason about the Josh Donaldson thing. Um, I, I felt, well, you know more than I do because you, you do the pregame, and you, I'm, I'm sure behind I the mean, scenes, it turns out that was you know a good these move, guys though. pretty well. It turns out Marcelo Zuna produced way yeah, more than tremendous. Josh y- yes, Donaldson. Yes, look, Mar- Marcelo Zuna was, was great, but that's two different positions. It is, but I mean, look, they had uh, uh, Riley playing a lot of left field last year, and I don't know who's better or worse in left field, Riley or Ozuna. It's probably a toss up because it's neither one. I mean, Ozuna doesn't play defense at all on Riley. Right. That's not his natural position. Look, can I can I tell you what hurts the most though? Because again, I bring up the base pass. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying you would have beat Tampa, but you could have beat Tampa, mm-hmm. and you had the Dodgers down. So it's the it's it's not going against somebody where you go, yeah, but you would have lost anyway. I don't know how the World Series would have gone, and I don't want to play the, well, it's Atlanta, so I know how it would have gone. But you, that team was beatable. You just had to beat the Dodgers. Correct. And you had the Dodgers beat until you didn't. Correct, yeah. And that's, that's the exact way I felt. Um, and, you know, ever since Ted Turner, this is to me, because I've been a diehard for life, yeah. right? Ever since Ted Turner left and they stopped spending money on this team, uh, they've been unbelievable with finding young kids uh, and then signing them to shitty deals. Like it's amazing that they've been able to do that um, because those those kids should be worth three hundred million apiece that they're signing. Um, like Acuna and those guys. Like those are the worst deals on the planet. God bless the well, Braves. I'm on, I'm, I'm on record as saying this. I don't know Hawk Harrelson, old name. Sorry, Google it. Uh, and there have been a couple of guys in baseball who tried to play the holdout game. Hawk Harrelson, the longtime announcer, longtime player, said he was going to go play golf. I think, uh, was it Robin Yount who said the same thing? I'm not coming. I'm going to go be a professional golfer. I, I'm on the record as saying once Tatis signs his deal and Soto signs his deal, I think Ronald Acuna is going to wake up one day and hold out like it's an NFL situation where he's just going to go, wait, what? Yeah. Those guys are making how much? <laughs> and you might have a hard time getting them to spring training on time, which is such the football thing. Mm. It doesn't really happen in baseball. But I do think there might be a moment. Now, that being said, $100 million deal, you sign it or you don't. It ain't my business at that point. I know what you did. I know what you chose. Yeah. But I do think there might be a moment where he's going to look around and go, what just happened? 
And, and that's what I think. And, and, but to well, that point, I mean, with, that'll with, happen. The, with Acuna and those guys, right? You sign these shitty deals. And, and Ozzy. Yeah, and yeah. You should be able to sign these free agents and get these deals done. Like the, the Donaldson deal should have been done. The, the Marzell Azuna, how you're not backing up the truck for that guy after the postseason he had. I don't understand it. Once well, Ted Turner well, left, they stopped spending money. I mean, I can tell you the reason they don't do it is because guys in the in the mid to late part of their careers that come back on one-year deals and have great years historically don't have great two, three, and four years after that. So what's the and point? That's the why. DH here. That's why which, they. By the way, they're still dicking around with that. Which yeah, that's the, true. The history of the DH has been ridiculous, but the most ridiculous chapter in the history of the DH is starting free agency. Now they did release something saying, "Let's just play it as if there's not going to be a DH." But I'd like to clunk all their heads together and just say, well, what are we going to do? We're going to play this game for one more year. I know it might not be a, an equitable trade, extra round of playoffs for the owners, for the DH, for the players. But there's no reason to start free agency without this being a definitive. Mm-hmm. And it's really, truly the dumbest chapter of the DH when the DH has been one of the dumbest chapters in the history of all sports. Right. Yeah. Like uh, one league having it and one league not. Yeah. The whole thing. Um, baseball's got to figure it out here because um, what happens if they don't have fans again? Uh, financially, what happens to Major League Baseball uh, if they don't have fans again? The other thing they've got to figure out, in my opinion, was the 60 game thing was actually fun. Like, yeah. I enjoyed it. I, initially, I wasn't so hot on it but i think because it was in the midst of covid a lot of shit was going on but now you look at it and you're like well man everybody was playing i mean it's really not really hard it's and it not, wasn't a, a you know a, a, let's take two days off yeah it's not it's not too different than how they structure the uh, southern league in double a right you play two half seasons mm-hmm. and the two winners of the well, you know why you like it though the postseason felt like a real postseason it was yeah. unbelievable yep. baseball there was so the 60 games wasn't as goofy because you were very it was, the postseason was really entertaining. There was really good baseball being played. And and I think that's why the 60 didn't leave a bad taste in everybody's mouth is because it felt like a regular postseason. As a matter of fact, it was in some ways better than a bunch of postseasons. Yeah, I, I agree. And I hope they kind of stick to something like that. That would certainly change salaries problem. and everything else. But, but you guys know that dollars, right? Look, yes. can I tell you yeah. the biggest – can I give you the biggest upset in sports in 2020? And it's not a game. Got it's it. not a game. It's not this team versus that team. It's the idea with all the losses that Major League Baseball had that they have not announced expansion by two teams, two cities. Because the quickest way to make close to $3 billion to be split strictly by the owners is to expand. And if if I was going to Vegas to lay any bet, mm-hmm. LeBron and the Lakers, uh, the Dodgers winning a World Series, as I watch the numbers add up, and by the way, for the first time ever, baseball owners were a little bit more willing to talk about their numbers than they ever have been in the past because they were losses. Right. I bet everything I have, including the house I'm sitting in, that there would have been an announcement of expansion because the Marlins sold for a billion two, Dodgers sold for two. Your entry gateway has got to be a million two, if not a million five. Multiply it by two. That would that would have been the quickest way to get back the lost revenue for every team. And the fact that that hasn't happened is the most, it's the biggest upset of 2020 when it comes to any news story. Are there two cities that could even service an expansion team yeah. at this point? Yes. I, where I, I think Vegas. Nashville, yeah, Vegas. Vegas. It, no doubt in my mind, Vegas yep. could do it. And I think Vegas. Nashville could do it. And uh, and Nashville, yes. Maybe Nashville. I mean, what about Oklahoma City? Nashville as a kid, not to interrupt you here, uh, but Nashville as a kid had the Nashville Sounds. And um, and that that was sold out every single game all summer long. Nashville loves baseball. 
Uh, I don't know why there is, isn't baseball in the state of Tennessee. Well, well there is. And, There's and a the were, yeah, it's certainly grown. And I've seen the pictures. They, they're, you know, because this week, you do, I don't know if you saw Dave Dombrowski and a bunch of other guys were part of a group, including some of the country music people. Once they kept the Predators in that work, they've actually drawn up the pretty pictures to say, if we put a stadium right here on the water, pretty close to the football. Now, I know guys there. They think they might be a couple of two or three years away, but that's exactly what it would take. You, you don't say, let's play baseball here and have a team tomorrow. Right. Two to three years to do the expansion, build your stadium and everything else. I think Nashville and Vegas are the two places that easily make the most sense. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, and me personally, well, Dan has been out there as well. Uh, watching sports in Vegas is a blast. We got to go oh. to the Stanley Cup with um, – uh, the Vegas Knights, the Golden Knights. Yeah. And I was suspect on like, all right, what's a Vegas fan really going to be like? Because there's so much tourism and everything else. That place rocks. And, and, if, and if you thought it was just a one-off, like a one-year thing as far as Vegas goes, we went the next year. We got invited to the, the season opener and, the, and, yeah. and all the other stuff. Dude, there is 4,000 people partying outside that stadium that can't even get in. Yeah. Um, yeah. So- the, the interesting thing about that is 83% of season ticket holders for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights were all Clark County residents. Mm-hmm. So the, so, the vast so majority. Here's the, thing with, yeah, here's the thing with baseball, though, that's a little bit different than hockey and why I think it could work. You do a 39,000 seat totally enclosed. Obviously, it's a dome state. Mm. You, you split up day games and night games. And I'll tell you why you want day games. Because whether it's sitting by the pool or whatever, you don't necessarily want to take away casino money. But if you play a game at 7 o'clock, if people want to go back and gamble, they will. But if I'm a Cubs fan and my team's playing three games in Vegas, I'm going. If I'm a Mets mm-hmm. fan, my team's playing three games in Vegas, I'm going. Yeah, That's where you can win. And by the way, the hotels would have access to tickets. You want a high roller? Mm. I got high rollers from Chicago, New York, St. Louis. I'm bringing them in because of hockey, it's a one night and done. Yep. Baseball is a completely different thing. And, and believe me, look, the first few times I went to Vegas, I forgot that it was open 24 hours. I just wanted to gamble all day. Mm. There's nothing more depressing than gamble at nine in the morning, two in the afternoon. Mm. I don't necessarily need to go get a, I don't need to get a cabana and be sitting by a pool trying to be one of those guys either. <laughs> I go to a baseball game at two in the afternoon. Games, and then I come back and drink and do whatever it is. And by the way, at that point, two, three years from now, you might even have the ability to gamble right there on your phone. You want to gamble by half innings? I got the app that says I could do it while I'm sitting watching a game. You know, I'm, I'm glad you said that. <laughs> One of our sponsors is mybookie.com. Promo code Drinking Bros uh, actually doubles that deposit. And we're able to bet on all the games in real time as we're there, and, and including live betting. Um, and since you brought up, you know, gambling, um, the, the very first uh, – outside uh, the stadium gambling site that is opening up is actually in Wrigley Field. So right outside of Wrigley Field, Michael Jordan is one of the investors. I believe it's FanDuel. Uh, Double check me on that, Hot Bob. But uh, it's either FanDuel or DraftKings. Uh, Jordan went in, and they're going to, since gambling, you know, the Supreme Court's overturned it, and it's legal in all 50 states, they're going to start opening up, you know, little gambling sites in every single state. So right outside of Wrigley is where it's going. You're right. Right outside of, uh, if there was a, 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 a baseball team in Vegas, that'd be the greatest. You just bet on the game oh. and then go and sit and watch it. Uh, you'd be screaming at the players extra hard. And DraftKings. the greatest DraftKings. 5K, 9K TVs would be in places that if you wanted to go watch what else was going on, where yep. you needed, I don't know, you want to go better, uh, better uh, a race at Freehold Racetrack at 2 in the afternoon, I'll probably give you that opportunity to do it as well. Yeah. Um, so, look, I, I'm excited about the possibility, but uh, you're right. I, and I've, I, man, now that you said it, I, I have heard no one talking about expansion in baseball. Crazy. 
I think because of COVID where it's like, hey, with all the building rules and everything else, we just moved our entire media company down to Austin, Texas. Um, mm-hmm. And our dream is uh, to open up a brewery where everybody can come and drink and then it'll be glass inside and you can just watch the shows all day. Because we typically yeah. tape like six, seven hours a day. Um, with that, everybody can have booze, listen to the show and do everything else. Um, but we were already told like, hey man, because of COVID, the building... Uh, codes and all that stuff. They were like, good luck for eight, nine months, like trying to get permits oh. and everything else. So I think that probably has a lot to do with it. Um, building a stadium is a lot tougher than building a brewery. <laughs> but they finished Vegas. They finished the football stadium. Mm. They did. But then, I, I will say this. They got a good head start on that, right? Yeah, I mean, they were, no doubt. yeah, they were, they were definitely going before COVID because you and I were out there checking it out mm. and taking pictures before uh, they were up and running there. But uh, it's exciting. The other thing that's exciting going on today is, uh, look, uh, I went to the Ohio State University. Uh, as everyone knows at home, Michigan finally quit today. Um, as a sportscaster, uh, what are your thoughts on this? And do you think Ohio State gets into the college football playoffs? Yeah, I, I'm trying to figure out if Ohio State, I think, look, do I think the target moves by the Big Ten? They handled it poorly to begin with. I think they said, yeah. look at us, we're not going to play, we're better than you. And then they looked around and said, oh, wait, where's everybody else? Yeah. So they got behind the eight ball with, you know, Ohio State could have five games under their belt and is that going to be enough? I think because it's Ohio State, the number will move. Whether they play in the Big Ten championship game, it doesn't matter. What they might have to do is schedule a game inside the Big Ten, but here's what I would also do if I'm Ohio State. I'm calling Coastal Carolina. I'm calling somebody. I'm playing another game, even if it's on Big Ten Championship game, to ensure that we get, if six is a magic number for the committee, six in, we kick the crap out of one other person so they can justify saying Ohio State, they want to make name recognition. They certainly want all those things. They want the front of the jersey. They want the quarterback. They want the the resume of the last handful of years of being in. I think they might have to schedule another football game and, and someone come all. The Big Ten thing saying it was only going to be Big Ten games, I'd be, I would have been on the phone three days ago saying, hey, by the way, we don't care who you play. Just well, go play a football uh, game if you think it's necessary. The problem with that is, is Nebraska tried to do that week two. And I don't know if you remember when. Uh, but yeah, but Nebraska's not Ohio State. And by the way, $6 million to the conference if you have a team in, $4 million for the school. I'm not saying that's big, big money in the big picture of what we're talking about economically, but there's no way the Big Ten wants to be left out because they don't want to be criticized for the way they handled it in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And it's Ohio State, so they will change anything and everything they have to. This used to happen in politics. We're going to write a really long bill, and we're going to sneak something in on page 47 that nobody's going to see. And once you sign off on it, you go... Well, what? Yeah, that included. It used to. You, you said it. You well. said it used to happen in politics. They're trying to pass a stimulus bill right now, and the uh, the Democratic right. Party continues trying to add like Green New Deal shit into it. Right, right. Like, that has nothing to do with. Stimulus, it's called. Yeah. It's called a rider, and it's a complete non sequitur right. part of something. But that, yeah, you're right about that. The other thing is, man, Ohio State's been kind of fucked two years in a row now. If you think about it, with they they were, in my opinion, one of the favorites to win the uh, the basketball tournament this year. Yeah. And that got canceled. Yeah. Yeah. And now it, there's at least some chance they don't get into the CFP because of how the season's gone. Yeah. And that would be pretty bad. It would be, it'd be shitty. Uh, the, the Washington Post, I don't know if you remember this last year, ran a simulation where they simulated the entire tournament. And yeah. they, they picked Ohio State to win the, the NCAA tournament. Um, I'm not – look, to, to win March Madness is really tough. So I'm not sold on that, obviously. Right. Um, because it's just too difficult. Um, and I don't, our team, 
that that team is a, a good team, but there's no superstars on that. Who knows what would have happened in that? With the football team, I can genuinely say that this is, yes, this is one of the four best teams in the country. Yeah. But if you're, let's say this Michigan game doesn't get replaced. Say the Big Ten championship doesn't get replaced. Uh-huh. I'm not sure how you put a team in with only five wins if, if Cincinnati goes 12-0. and 0. Um, It's Texas A&M that you really have to worry about. Not playing in a championship game, but sitting there. By the way, their game against Ole Miss which could have been a trap game because Ole Miss could score points. Mm. That game's been banged as well. Mm. So the crazy part is the one game that I thought that could upset the apple cart was Ole Miss beating Texas A&M, which would have eliminated them. They sit at five for a couple of different reasons. Um, Ohio State getting in in front of a Texas A&M, te- Texas A&M team that only lost to Alabama might be a hard sell. Do I think it's just supposed to be an eyeball test? Yeah, but when you get 13 people in a room – the Elite 13 that meet every week in Texas, which is just, again, incredible to me, um, you can have a back and forth. And I might stand up and say, let me ask everybody here, you other 12 people, if I put them on a neutral field today, Ohio State, Texas A&M, who are you telling me you like to win the game? And if you ask any other question, because it's, it's objective, it's subjective, but to me, there's one bare bones question. All I'm asking you to do in your vote is, if I put Ohio State on the same field as Texas A&M, today in a neutral field, who do you think wins? If you go beyond that, believe me, they have to to justify their existence. That's the only thing that has to be asked, asked, asked and answered in that room. So I'll ask you. I don't know. But, and by the way, they say they watch everything. They're certainly watching the top 10 teams. Who do you like Ohio State, Texas A&M, neutral field this afternoon? I mean, is there any question about this, really? No, well, I, to be I, honest, I, I there's, there's, there is no way A&M can beat Ohio State. No, I, I, and no. if, if I had to bet 100 times, all 100 times, I would bet for Because you think Ohio you've State. seen the game because Alabama beat them the way they did. Correct. Uh, and the other, well, the no, other part not is, necessarily. Like, I don't think there's any transitive property in sports. Anybody can no, beat no, anybody. No. But you've seen them against their best opponent. Yeah, 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 yeah. for sure, yeah. yeah. You think Ohio State is worthy of being in the same – Sentences Alabama, therefore you think they would be Texas A&M, Correct. which is not, it's not wrong. It's just an opinion, but at least there's some deductive logic to it. Right. Yeah. yeah and, the, and Dan's not an Ohio State fan, so he, no. he's pretty objective about this. Um, me personally, because, uh, look, I'll go back to sports gambling. Because sports gambling has become such a part of the culture of sports yeah. now, and in particular what we do. Um, this was not like this when we started this show three years ago. Now, there is a point spread on every single thing you do. Yeah, and is our crazy-ass the- fans don't even give a shit about the show anymore. It's like, just give me the spreads. Yep, that, it's, I'm dead serious. Just give me the spreads. All right, cool, man. Uh, I went 82% in college football <laughs> last year. All they give a shit about is the spreads. And with all of this, therefore, we're forced to watch all of these games every single week um, to see what the spreads yeah. are going to be. Mm-hmm. So last week, my lock of the week on last week's show happened to be Texas A&M. Um, and it was Texas A&M against Auburn. Now, yep. my ironically, my lock of week one, which they covered, by the way, Texas A&M covered. Everybody won. Congratulations. You're welcome for my brilliance. Uh, week one, my lock of the week was Auburn. Um, against uh, Kentucky, right? So I got to see Auburn play at two different points, and I was like, man, that's a really shitty football team uh, because the other lock was against Alabama, and I said, bet the house on that. Um, Auburn has looked shitty this entire season. 
Texas A&M, it was a real struggle against Auburn last week. And uh, it came down to the fourth quarter. And I'm, I'm not going to lie. I was sweating that bet with about <laughs> six to seven minutes to go. It was like, shit. Yeah, I- but honestly, when I don't really pay attention to that shit. If there's like top 10 teams that only win by a touchdown or a field goal against lower ranking teams, I don't pay it. They still won the game. Honestly, it's like the Chiefs. Wow. It's like the Chiefs for me. I don't. I don't pay any attention to that because yeah, there's the NFL, there's the nothing NFL. there's nothing data wise that shows that a team only winning by three or seven points against a shitty team means they're going to lose against great teams. There's no correlation between those two things. Yeah, but Sundays are different than Saturdays. There are no upsets in, on Sundays. There are upsets in college. And, I, and look, the adage in college has always been good teams win, great teams cover. And I am a believer. You know, a few years ago we had the heads of the College Football Selection Committee, when it was the old BCS, Mm -hmm. when it was computer, garbage in, garbage out, zeros and ones. And and I I remember that. So they said, well, let's change that. Let's put more Mm -hmm. of a human element in. By the way, there is a human element to the computer stuff. It's who's programming it. You can program to whatever answer it is you want, just like you can take any number and have it sing or dance for you. Yeah, like Dominion Software. At one point, I asked somebody directly, does margin of victory count? And they kept telling me no. And I said, well, that's the most ridiculous thing in the world. Let's spin it down. What about margin of defeat? Can you get beat by so much right. that you're eliminated? Of course the final numbers matter. In the NFL, it doesn't. You can lose seven games in the NFL and win a Super Bowl. Lose seven games in college if you're looking for a job. So you can win, I do believe you can lose nine games. If you yeah. kick someone down a flight of steps in college, you better drag them back up and kick them back down again. Right. Yeah, yeah that's, that is true, technically speaking. But if we're talking about mean, median, mode, like I don't know what the difference is in the calculation from the old BCS computer days, but... Uh, if you win a game 70 to zero, but then when the next one, 35, 33, it still looks like you won that, that second, like if you combine all the data together over the course of the season, unless you're, if, it, even if you're talking about average margin of victory, that's still median. You're still talking about the collective body of work and not how well you did against each individual team. I think that's kind of a flawed system because what, one of the, one of the gripes that he and I have about Clemson particularly, um, yeah. and I, I grew up there, uh, my brother went to school there. It, it's that they don't play anybody all year. And when they get to the playoffs, mm-hmm. the first CFP game for them, uh, I mean, they, they torched Notre Dame uh, a couple years ago, but they're, they're, that first CFP game very frequently is the only really good team they've played all season so far. And I think it hurts you as a team not to have challenging games like that and learn that when things suck, when things are going wrong, you can still turn it around and win. I think that's a really important lesson for people in any sport to learn. And Clemson doesn't learn it very frequently. And I think that's why they've had mixed success in the national championship game, frankly. And I think uh, that if you, when, I, when I look at a team and I'm making bets towards the end of the year, particularly at playoff time, I see they won their close games. Even if the game shouldn't have been close, they still won it. That, to me, means something. So the greatest example of that was when Ohio State, Ohio State beat Miami. Yep. When everybody said Miami was going to kill them, mm-hmm. I looked and said, do you see how many ways and how many fourth quarter wins Ohio State had that Miami didn't have? I am a big believer that if you've tasted it and you've had a win after you've tasted it, mm-hmm. I think you've got an advantage. Oklahoma is the example that you're talking mm. about the college football playoffs. Yeah, they yeah. don't play defenses, and they get to the college football playoffs and they play a yeah, defense, yeah. and all of a sudden they're taking it into shorts because they have no idea what just happened to them. Well, nobody in the Big Twelve plays defense, and it doesn't look like anybody in the uh, SEC is playing much defense this year either. We thought no one. We I, thought Georgia was going to be a great defense, and in, in a lot of games they were. But that's the elephant in the room. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Georgia what defense is the elephant in the room? Right? Do you think that even Ohio State's defense hasn't looked that great? Neither is Clemson's or no, Alabama. No, no one's looked dominant in every game. I mean, there no there one, yeah. there are seasons where, particularly Ohio State and Alabama and Clemson, as of late, uh, have defenses that are just punish people. Wire to wire, 
every game. I mean, Clemson was like that the, the last time they won the national championship. That game they played against Notre Dame. Notre Dame may as well not even have run an offense. Right. They may have just like, like punt on well, first down every time. They, they scored three points in a fucking title or in a CFP game. That's, that's ridiculous. I, but I haven't, you don't see that this year. Who, is there any great defense? And I wonder why. No. There's no, way but, that all, there's no way that all the teams lost all their defense in one year. It's got to be but something. Did you hear what Saban, but did you hear what Saban said a few weeks ago? Mm. This idea that I grew up with the adage of good defense always wins. Defense rolls off the bus every week. Saban said it a few years ago. Uh, excuse me, a few weeks ago. He said, look, there's not a defense that can stop a good offense. And, and remember, the Saban thing is the most fascinating thing in the world to me. Because a few years ago, he basically wanted offense outlaw. Remember, he raised a stink and said, getting up to the line of scrimmage, not doing this. Fast pace. This isn't football. You know what he did? He looked around the room and said, well, hold on. Not only if you can't beat him, join him, because he was still beating him. It just was mm. difficult. He actually realized that he could recruit anything he wanted. So why not actually take what he realized a few years ago was going to be an offensive world? The, the fact that Nick Saban has three Heisman Trophy candidates on the offensive side of the football is that was the most, this is what we're going to be. And we're going to do it better than everybody else. Where literally four years ago, Nick Saban was screaming about how college football was being ruined and it should be declared illegal if yeah. you get to the line of scrimmage and start snapping the ball like this. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's another example of that is uh, I don't know who made the decision, Tyron Lue or LeBron James. It's hard to know who was coaching that team, but uh, <laughs> it's, it's the, always LeBron. The, the Cavaliers shot more threes than the Warriors by, I think, about 20% in that series. I mean, forget about the 3 1 stuff. They shot way more threes, and that would have never have been the case before until the no. Warriors set that standard, right? Yeah, and I, look, I, it's I, a I do think college league. football is going like that, but a great defense will end up winning a championship, and I know that's But you the, can't have a great defense. I, I it, still, it's impossible. It's, I impossible still, that, it's impossible to stop the both running. Not impossible. There are only eight teams that can win a national title, so let's make sure we curb the whole conversation. Yeah, yeah. The fact that it's 130 teams is also ridiculous because it's eight teams that can win. But even those eight best teams, it's hard to find a defense that can stop the run and stop the pass at the same time. Yeah, I, maybe. We'll see. I, well, the other man, part Clemson of it is if you're, if you're a Clemson or an Alabama or an Ohio State that scores often and rapidly, your defense is going to be out on the field for a long yeah. time. For a longer time. So, I mean, what, how much – you have to look as a coach or, or in business, whatever, whatever you're doing, at what moves the needle the most. Does having a great defense matter that much when they're going to be out on the field for that long during the game and get exposed at some point? Because they're going to get tired and exposed at some point, unless you're recruiting two defenses, these, right? Yeah. These aren't street fights anymore. Right. No. College football is not a street fight anymore. It's the stick move, watch this. Stick move, watch this. Mm -hmm. You can knock somebody out with the final score, especially if you're playing the lesson. If you're playing the directional school, the final score looks like it was a brawl. Mm -hmm. These aren't brawls. These are... Look at me. My hands are faster than yours. These are not standing in the middle of the ring fights anymore. Yeah, we got uh, a little bit of breaking news uh, here, ironically. Um, and this could be good news for Ohio State. The Cincinnati-Tulsa game has been called off uh, as well. So that has been canceled. That is certainly going to hurt Cincinnati's uh, chances. Yeah, because they're only 8-0. So hypothetical, let's say Ohio State does play the Big Ten Championship. They'll go 6-0 after that. Because um, I think they'll put them in. I think the Big Ten committee will probably meet, put Ohio State in. I don't know who they'd play on that side because of COVID. Like, um, it seems to have gone back and forth with that, that schedule over there. I'm not sure how that's going to shake out. Um, but uh, that, would, that would put Ohio State at six, Cincinnati at, what, 10, 
10, nine games, 10 games? How well, many Cincinnati is going to play Tulsa in the AA or the American Conference Championship next week. So it was going to go back to back against Tulsa. Okay. So this will, so Cincinnati is going to have to stop at nine games no matter what, right? Uh, Ohio State could potentially have six. They would probably get in over Cincinnati. The thing that would make the most sense here with that, like you were saying, with that Ole Miss Texas A&M game played, if it were possible for Ohio State to play Texas A&M, I think that would. That would need, well, I don't want to say neither one would do it, but but I think that's the one that you think. Uh, are we in without it? You're hedging a bet at that point. Yeah, and and I'm not really sure how how you want to live in that world because look, I love a good conspiracy theory, and we talked off mic that Kirk Herbstreit apologized too soon. Yeah, I will run with a conspiracy theory as long as you can tell me what the end game is, and the end game is usually money. It could be power, but it's usually money. And the ACC, if you go look at your schedule. Is Clemson and Notre Dame playing this weekend? The answer is no. Their best chance to have two teams in was to make sure. Now, look, do I think either team was going to lose? No. But not playing but not having to play is really different than Ohio State. Maybe if I'm Cincinnati, I'm scheduling a game Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. I'm, I'm saying come one, come all. Yeah. East Carolina, you want to play? Coastal Carolina, excuse me. <laughs> want to play? We'll yeah. play. Who else wants to play? If I'm Cincinnati, I'm, if I'm their AD or coach, I'm finding a microphone and I'm saying – we will play Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday to get to the number of games that you think we have to get to with a couple of the, uh, opponents where we'll really – they're not being considered right now. They're just not. Is Cle- you, you have to play the right opponents with enough games in a week to try to get in. Is Clemson not playing Notre Dame in the ACC championship? Yeah, they are, but they're not they playing this upcoming weekend. Neither one of them has that look-ahead trap. <laughs> Uh, get a guy hurt, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. Both are off this weekend. And to be honest, if Notre Dame had not won that game previously, I don't think the ACC championship would be happening either. Like, what would be the point at that point? Because Clemson would have dominated that entire conference only playing in but conference But you can games. still get two in. Yep. Notre Dame could lose close to Clemson and realistically still get in. Right. I mean, I don't know what it would have looked like if Lawrence had been in the game, to be honest, because it's hard to say. Yeah. It's hard to say that that kid is a five star recruit. He played a hell of a game. He did play well, but it's you know the timing being off, having a guy jump in like that changes the entire. Uh, uh, let me of the game. let me ask you guys something. Notre Dame, in a lot of ways, has been an underachiever. You, yeah. you know they, the world watches. They get paid a lot of money by NBC, mm. but I still believe there's enough cachet that if it's close, Texas A and M or Notre Dame, who are you putting in? Whoever makes you the most money, preferably. You're putting right? in Notre Dame. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and look, I think the way Notre Dame has played all year, to me personally, um, I think they're in as long as they don't get blown out 48 to 0. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and I think uh, looking at these canceled games for today, especially with the Ohio State Michigan game, the biggest winner after today is, is Notre Dame. Yeah. Um, because well, the CFP has them at two right now. Yeah. They don't have to worry. If, 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 as long as they can keep it within two scores of Clemson. They're automatically in. I think Bama is automatically in, no matter what. Even with a, you yeah. know, a Florida loss, Florida could certainly help their case beat Alabama in the SEC championship. They're and then, in if they beat Alabama. Correct, and um, and I think that would be the way in to jump Ohio State. Um, but uh, we'll see well, here what we're so, going to do. So realistically, you could have two from the ACC, two from the SEC in with Ohio State, Texas A and M, and maybe even a Cincinnati going. What about us? Now, mm-hmm. I don't think they want that. I don't think they want regional football. Notre Dame gets me the Midwest. I got nobody out west to, to take care of it, and I'm not sure how much they care. But if you're asking me Notre Dame or Texas A&M, I don't care what anybody says. There's a human element and a bias to those 13 people sitting in a room going, well, the next TV contract is probably going to be based upon the numbers. There, there is that up. Why do you, 
you know that people have to recuse themselves. I didn't even know that word until all this stuff started. There were certain moments where you have to leave the room because you can't talk about something in your own. Co- there are ADs on this committee. Uh, yeah. How, how many friends do you guys have? I've said forever, give me six other guys and, and send me to a bar when college football ends. It has to be seven. It has to be an odd number in case you have to use the odd number thing. I can go with seven guys and come up with at least as logical a four as them. And at times, I think a less biased four than them. We don't have that now. I have ADs and conference affiliations sitting in a room trying to figure out not only prestige, but also figuring out money and what the distribution is done. Yeah, it's, it's tricky because, you know, if you're looking at the ratings this year, the highest rated games of the year, the top two were Ohio State games. Um, Ratings-wise, and look, and it makes sense. They have the most alumni across the country. So I understand that. It would be beneficial if Texas was a good team. We're down in Austin. Yeah. Um, because they also have a huge alumni. Yeah. That well, it, they'll be a good team next year when Urban Meyer gets here. No, he actually turned down the deal. So Urban really? is out. Yes. Uh, as of wow. last night, he turned down that deal. Yeah. Be, so be careful out. with that because what – let, let me tell you what Urban Meyer might have turned down. The ability to say yes before you fire Tom Herman. You want to look like a scoundrel? Take a job when another guy has the job. So right. I don't know if he turned it down. I think he turned down the opportunity to be introduced before you've yeah. done something with Tom I w- Herman. I would be shocked if Urban Meyer's not here in Austin next year. I would be shocked if that does not happen. Because I... it's a great deal for both, especially for Texas football. But for Urban Meyer, it's a great situation. I feel like if Urban Meyer came into this with just the roster without any recruiting the same way he did with Ohio State. Mm-hmm. He's going to win 10 games next year, probably, right? Especially in a weak-ass fucking uh, uh, Big 12 like this. And the way he's able to recruit, uh, yeah. dude. He in would, two or three years, he'd, yes. they'd be in national yes. title contention every single year. I, I think it's the best job if he wants to coach. Now, he said last night that it was for health concerns. Yeah. And so that's, that's a bullshit reason. Anytime a politician drops out of a race and says it's because of their health, it's because they got caught doing something or they knew they were going to lose and they needed some kind of reason that people can't talk shit about to leave. Nobody's going to say, so they, oh, Urban's a pussy, man. What has he got, brain cancer? He's not going to fucking coach? Fuck him. <laughs> no one's going to say that. But let me, let he's me give be you here. two scenarios. I can give you two jobs that might be better than Texas, not because of finances and facilities and everything else and recruiting base. Mm. There, there might be eight openings in the NFL. I think Ryan Day at Ohio State looks like an NFL guy. He does, yeah. I think there's a chance he's going to get courted. Now, if you're urban, could you easily slide back, back to Ohio State? You could, but I'll tell you why he won't. He's one in the SEC, he's one in the Big Ten. What's next? Go win in the Big 12. Yep. That's more appealing than even going back to Ohio State, in my opinion. I mean, the other yeah, one's, the other one's uh, USC, right? I mean, he may, he, no, Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Like if yeah, Brian we, Kelly yeah. ever got overtures for the NFL, would Urban Meyer be able to turn down Notre Dame, one of those prestige schools right. where if you're going to win, where it hasn't been done in a while, Urban's got an ego. You don't go back to Ohio State, you've been there, done that. Mm. Other people have won national titles there. The Notre Dame thing is, is more interesting, I think, than Texas. But I think Texas becomes the, I've won this thing in three conferences. Mm. And if you don't think that at that point you can't slam yours on the table and say mine is bigger than yours, yeah. then you're not really thinking the way that some of these guys think beyond the money. Yeah, and I, and I will say this. Uh, no, uh, Urban has flirted with that Notre Dame job for years where he just said, look, man, that would be a dream for anyone. Yeah, but Brian Kelly's not going anywhere anytime soon. I, I don't, mean, I just, don't think so. Just from, but... just from their performance this year, unless the the – the NFL. Wheels come yeah. off completely. The NFL. He, I mean, he could go to the NFL, but I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of job openings. I don't know what an NFL. NFL people think, but I'm telling you, there are going to be eight openings. So if you're the Bears and you got Brian Kelly down the road, I don't know if he wants it. And I don't know what people think about him and what his style work. But eight openings means eight openings. Right. Ryan Day, I think, could get asked. I think Lincoln Riley could get asked. 
or at least overtures. I think Brian Kelly might have an overture because I'm not so sure that whether it's, you know, Cliff Kingsbury in Arizona or whoever else it might be, that maybe that's not the way to go with rosters getting younger in the NFL. Right. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if uh, yeah. there's any chance. I know he seems like he's pretty at home right now, and there's, a lot of people think that Dabble's going to go back to Alabama at some point and take over that head coaching job But mm-hmm. after Saban leaves. But honestly, if you're the Jets and you really want to take Trevor Lawrence first, I, if I'm Trevor Lawrence, I say I'm going back to Clemson for another year because <laughs> fuck that. Look, we, we predicted before the season started that Burroughs sometime midseason would be out because his offensive line sucks so bad, and we were right about that. We, uh, we said on this show it would be a season-ending injury yeah, by right around week six. I, I, I mean, we were off, I think, for three A couple weeks. Yeah, yeah three, a couple weeks. weeks. But even then, if I'm Lawrence, would that – with the talent that he has. I know Darnold's so can there. You, can you pull the Eli thing and go to the Maybe. Other? Look, you have Clemson, you could yeah. do, but you could pull the Eli thing and just go, I'm not going. Yeah, but, if, you but if you're the Jets and you really want him, do you make Dabo some kind of crazy offer to come coach that team and to get Lawrence to come there? You know what I mean? And bring Tony Elliott. Yeah. Bring yeah. the offensive yep. coordinator. If he's exactly. Really yep. let, let me ask you this, though. What, because we certainly have the Jets after last weekend against uh, the Raiders. <laughs> but you know Jacksonville owns the tiebreaker? They only have one win, and if Jacksonville and the Jets both somehow finish with one or two wins, Jacksonville gets the number one pick. Right. Well, the, so the, Jets, not, the Jets' defensive coordinator made sure that that wasn't going to happen yeah. by uh, sending all eights on a on a hail mary that's, play. That is the fourth time. <laughs> that's the fourth time this season the Jets have been up with four minutes left in the game and have lost the game. Did they lose well, the Detroit, game or did they throw the game? Well, it doesn't. Detroit was that way too. Look, it doesn't look like a tank, no doubt about it. Um, but but the other thing about Greg Williams. What's crazy was, you know, he was 0-16 as a D.C. once already. He actually could have had an O for twice. He might have forced his way out of there before that ended up as part of his resume. It's true. It's true. Uh, look, man, you're awesome. Uh, you want to stick around and do some college picks with us? Uh, yeah, we're, sure. We're a gambling show here uh, By the way, for college football. Saban went to Miami once, right? He did. And he and came it back. Was awful. It, it was awful, yeah. And he yeah. came back to, the, uh, to college, and it was great as, as usual. I think he found the grass wasn't greener. and it was It's certainly like, not. Hey. And for a lot of people, it's not. I mean, it's, it doesn't work out that Do you guys free- remember what happened there, though, in Miami? You remember what the linchpin of this whole thing was? Yeah, was it Ricky Williams? Ricky Williams and his weed. What's Drew that? Reese would have been the quarterback in Miami. He oh, felt yeah, yeah. physical. Yeah, and yeah. a lot of people have told me if he had Breeze, there's a chance he would have been in Miami longer because at that right. point, I can win with Drew Breeze. Breeze fails the physical two years later, he, you know, two years into his NFL career, he's back in college. Right. Yeah, I mean, and the, the reason I brought that up is because uh, Dabo can go to the NFL and then still has plenty of time left in his career. By the time he's done getting hammered in the NFL, if that's what happens, <laughs> Saban will probably be leaving Alabama and yeah. he'll just take that job. I think it's I th- I honestly think if Would I'm the, you? if I'm the yes. Jets, if I'm the Jets, I'm yeah. offering him like ten, fifteen million dollars a year to come coach that's that funny. team. Would you want to be the guy to follow up Saban? Uh, uh, if you're Dabo, yes. He doesn't get. I don't think Dabo gives a fuck to be honest. No, uh, he doesn't seem to be affected by the pressure stuff. I don't know if he's. It's just like good old boy bullshit. But he 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 seems to have his head on all the time. I, I, I don't. Whatever think, it is, man, in his own mind, he's yeah. he's like the Tony Robbins of college football for his own yeah. shit, his own bullshit, and uh, and this is the point in the show where we say through Christ anything is possible, obviously. Um, but that's Dabo's world. Yeah. Um, but you know, whatever that guy does, he believes in it. He gets these kids to believe in it. I believe, uh, me personally, and I think Dan does too, like, yeah, going in after Saban, no big deal. He'll just win the same amount of games. And uh, I think that's the one guy that if you were going to put your faith in, it would probably be Dabo at that, at that school. Do you remember when 
Saban's number was going to be seven million a year. And there were people there that said, Oh my God, like people at the school. I called up Alabama and I said, you might want to get the economics department involved, bring them over and let them run the numbers as to how much Nick Saban should get paid because the money he's bringing in. But 7 million was the number that I think drove everybody crazy. The other number you have to remember, do you know Alabama had a stretch where they were 54 and 46 before he got there? Yep. yep. 54 and 46. You couldn't be any more mediocre. They burned through three guys. And all wow. of a sudden you go, well, it's when, when they said, look, here's my problem, whether you like Saban or not. Yeah, but everybody yeah. said, oh, it's easy. You go to Alabama. 54 and 46 before Nick Saban got there. If you think it's just showing up with a zip code, you're crazy. No, not at all. No, the I, things I, that makes they these... had some sanctions though back then after they, they that did, '92 yeah. team. So like they got they got nuked for a yeah. couple years. It's hard to rebuild. I know Ohio State went through it, but uh, it's also the, you also have the right to to be a, a persistent perennial power for uh, alliteration's sake. There in college football, you have to have a couple of things. You have to have a head coach that is very very good at recruiting, particularly if you're in one of those states that produces a lot of football players like Florida mm-hmm. and Texas and Ohio, et cetera. Right. You have to be good at that. The other thing you have to have is a great staff. You either have to have one or both a great offensive and defensive coordinator, and that's how you win for years at a time. And Clemson's football. kept theirs. They have. Yeah. He, they've you they've, know, they've, ba- they've paid them a lot of money. Yeah. yeah. They paid them yeah. a lot of money. And, I mean, look, Urban was pretty good about that in Ohio State too. Yeah. I, I think if, if those troubles hadn't happened, if he wasn't having physical problems, he'd probably still be there, right? You'd think. I, I, th- I think so. I, I think, you know, he had some problems with uh, the usual Urban Meyer shit that he has, you know, yeah. towards the end where it was just like, all right. And they also had Ryan Day, who was a young guy that, you yeah. know, they knew that they were all in on him. It, it's a tough one. I, I don't think Urban stays out of the game. Uh, me personally, as a selfish Urban Meyer fan, because uh, even if he's not coaching at Ohio State, I'm still a fan of him as a coach. Um, I, I, if he came here to Austin, Texas, where we are, that yeah. team would be a blast to watch. They're rebuilding the end of the stadium. Like, it, it would be fun. Uh, you know what's crazy? Do you guys agree with me? He's the best guy who did his other job, who now does TV. John yeah. Smokes is really good, but Urban Meyer is unbelievably good TV. He doesn't have to get out of TV because people are snickering at him. And, right. that, you know, and that, that was what I they... Watched, Yes, I was in an, uh, I'm not going to say who was with, but I was with a very important booster from Texas. And they said that they said, look, Fox wants to keep him. They'll, they'll try to match this contract because of how great he can be. They're looking at him as the Tony Romo of college football announcing. And they might be right because the rest of the, the guys on that, that uh, Monday morning crew on Fox are garbage. But then Urban's there and you're like, you're locked in like Tony Romo. We were like, oh, my God. He, he, he is better at the second job. Like, he's like Jerry West to me. Great player, great front office guy. It's really hard to do two things well. Mm. I know they're related, and you go, well, if you're a great football coach, why can't – Bill Walsh was awful TV. Joe Montana was awful TV. If I had a dollar for every baseball player who tried to call a game, I sit there and go, it's why the good ones stand out. I know you played in a bunch of these, but did you watch any of them? Yeah. There's a really big difference in those things. It, it is it is a very hard transition, and very few are good at it, uh, and I'm with you on that one. So I'd say what here, what we'll do is uh, we'll do the sponsors real quick, and then uh, we'll do some college football picks against you, and you can find out how great we are uh, and write these down. Uh, first and foremost, we're brought to you by KillcliffCBD.com. 30% off with the promo code Drinking Bros and free shipping. Look, uh, the new flavor this week was Joe Rogan's. Joe mm. Rogan's, is, uh, they've got a new flavor together. It's pineapple and jalapeno, I believe. Yeah. I don't know when the Drinking Bros are going to have our own flavor. We were first. 
it was us and Joe Rogan. Right. We were the only two podcasts that were promoting KillcliffCBD.com. Now they've exploded. We want our own flavor as well. Um, D'Anthony, we it's, want some free, we don't, we want a freedom flavor. We'll have, to, we'll have to figure it out. We'll figure it out. Yeah. They got four amazing flavors, grape, uh, orange Kush, uh, now five, including Rogan's, uh, shit, man. Uh, mango. How, how do you get that famous? You get your own can of CBD. It's amazing. Uh, DMT. DMT. Exactly. That's how you do it. Jeez. Yeah. 25 milligrams of CBD in every can. There is no THC in these. So you will not piss hot. If you were taking a drug test out there, go to killcliffcbd.com today. Promo code drinking bros, 30% off. Next up is mybookie.com. Look, all of our bets here uh, on this show, as well as every single one of our sports shows, will be the mybookie.com odds. I usually start by reading off the odds on ESPN. D'Anthony will give the mybookie odds. That way you can see who's betting in real time and decide whether or not you want to go uh, against us or with us uh, mm-hmm. this weekend at mybookie.com. Promo code DRINKINGBROS gets you 50% of your deposit. So if you put in a grand, you get an extra 500 bones. And uh, NBA season's around the corner along with college basketball. There's a lot of junky shit for you to bet on out there. Last but not least is GhostBed.com forward slash DRINKINGBROS. Finest mattresses in the land. Uh, At GhostBed.com forward slash DRINKINGBROS. They're giving our listeners a little tip. Uh, we've had a, a couple different deals, right? We've had 20% off there. Uh, if you're military or first responder right. or a teacher or work in the government, you get 30% off. Now they're saying at checkout, if you put in the promo code drinking bros, everybody gets 30% off of everything all the way through the holidays. Uh, look, if you're, if you're in one of these cities that, that is locking you down, uh, you might as well sleep in comforts. Uh, you might as well do drugs. Yeah, do the, drugs and tell them to lock down this dick, just like all the California sheriffs did. Goddamn right. Goddamn right. Um, go outside, spit in people's mouth. Well, that's probably not a good no, idea. No, you can't baby bird somebody like yeah. Alicia Silverstone. But uh, yeah. you can go out and get the finest mattress in the land. Uh, sheets, pillows, adjustable bases. As always, they got a 36-month <clears throat> page-ago program. No interest there at ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros. And with the promo code drinking bros, everyone gets 30% off. Speaking of spitting in people's mouths, we got Manscaped today too. And I say Ooh. that because if you're going to spit in someone's mouth, yeah. you better be shoring downstairs so you're ready to fuck because yeah. that's probably what's going to happen next, right? It in is. my experience, whenever I spit in somebody's mouth, usually it leads to some kind of physical coitus of some sort, not just like the, the event of spitting. You know, it's a... It's a it's a, it's a conversation starter. It's I think. a conversation yeah. starter. Sorry, Chris, you got caught up in this. Oh, no. He's Manscaped is horrified. one of the biggest uh, sponsors in the industry right now. You see him on the mats of the UFC. These guys are everywhere. They've got a holiday package where you can bundle together the Weed Whacker uh, and the, uh, the Lawnmower 3.0. One's for your nose hairs, the other one's for the pubis region. You can bundle those together uh, with the promo code DB Sports for 20% off at manscapes.com. There is a lovely dop kit uh, leather one in front of Dan right yeah. now. Hold that up, Dan, for the camera. There it's you got go. uh, it's got all sorts of stuff in here too. Everything is in there. Everything is in there, and it's made out of leather, so you know a cow died to make this happen. That's I'm what... going to see Joe Rogan and uh, Dave Chappelle tonight, so I used the weed whacker before I got on on uh, on air today to clean out the old. There it is. Clean out the old uh, nose hairs because they're giving us a COVID test tonight. Before you go into this fucking thing, oh, uh, you don't, yeah, you don't, cleaner. you don't want to be standing there in front of a bunch of other people and get a uh, a COVID test, and then they pull the thing out and it's like got a giant fucking bugger on it. Or yeah, something. you don't want that. No. Go to manscaped.com, promo code DB Sports for twenty percent off and free shipping. Let's get to the first game. We only do ranked games on this show because we're not losers and we're not poor. 
Uh, so sorry, Chris. Uh, we just don't do that. Welcome. Well, to these two rules. assholes are our dumb, dumb staff over here. They bet the just the most down ballot nonsense. But yeah, they, we got some dirty gamblers yeah, here. They're, we, they're, at the end of the show, Chris, you'll get to hear how ridiculous their bets are. We may have to send them to rehab. At they're some not. Point. They're they're nowhere near uh, the charts that you look at every day. And if you know where these schools are, well, we'll send you a prostitute if your wife is is uh, is not around. Uh, no, There's no, a good if, chance I hear Bowling Green. <laughs> we will find out. First game up, though, uh, again, we only do top 25. Charlotte's against Marshall. Uh, we are Marshall, man. Every time they're here, I got to do McConaughey. Marshall got smoked by Rice last week. Yeah, this they're is not Marshall. Be ranked. Yeah, no, this is not. But, but they are today, so therefore, we got to shout them out. This is Marshall minus 20. I don't know how you bet this after they got beat by Rice, um, but... You know, here we are. Charlotte has a logo that looks like an airline bottle uh, for a, a liquor Yeah, the, it is the worst uh, logo, perhaps, in all of college football. And I didn't know that Charlotte even had a team, to be honest. Uh, no. Marshall against Rice, that's a whole different story. I mean, man, this, this Conference USA is interesting. I, I've, got a theory, I've got a theory on this. I want to hear your – I've been proselytizing people on this for a while. I want to see – a college football season where you play your first five or six games in conference and the rest of the games are scheduled intentionally after that by a committee to decide who the actual best team is. So you're, you're flip-flopping conferences for the rest of the year. I, I, I don't like the way – I don't think there's any, way, any scientific way to arrive at who is the best college football team or if any of these non-Power uh, uh, 5 conferences even belong in the rankings without doing something like that. I would like to hear your thoughts on that. Like, how do we figure out how good Coastal Carolina really is, for example, or Cincinnati or any of these other teams? Yeah, I, I think the big thing that the BYU-Coastal Carolina game proved was it can happen. Yeah. And believe me, it didn't take long for people to go, why not actually have a wild card game, at least one? I don't know if you can do an entire season, there's travel. Why, right. why is there not a wild card game? Where you, and, and by the way, you want to make it fun? Make it a challenge. And if somebody doesn't want to play you, they have to say out loud, they can stammer as to why they can't logistically we can't well that's what he said he said the team should be able to call each other out yeah right give me one time a year yeah 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 it's like I, red rover i, I called you any, over and you decide if you're going to come or not. right exactly like michigan decided not to they didn't want to come over they don't want to play anymore they, they're taking their ball and going home Tapped out. yeah they're they're out dude michigan is done i look I, side note i'd love to see ohio state just leave that conference altogether because i don't think they need them anymore and i think the big 10 is soft uh but in this charlotte marshall game here I, you have to be a complete junkie to bet this so therefore, I'll, I'll turn that. We got a guy named Dirty Dan off camera. Dirty Dan, I know you'll have some money on this. Yeah, yeah, you're a, you you're a giant piece of rice. shit. I yeah. told you to take rice in the points. Correct. He, he, he told us to take rice last week. There's no way I would put my American dollars on rice. Who are you taking the Charlotte Marshall game? Uh, Marshall's bouncing back. Marshall is bouncing back. They he win says bi- they win big. Yeah. Oof. Good right. luck. Yeah, I would not put any money on this. Uh, next up, we got Alabama against Arkansas. Uh, there is no spread on this. Is this a COVID-related game right now? Did my bookie pop, pop one? Um, I don't think. I've it... got 32. 32. 32 points. Okay. Oof. Let me look on my. Are you looking on my bookie? Are you looking somewhere else? Oh, oh. Yeah. He's dropping stuff over yeah. here. Yeah. I had on to my look somewhere else. Yeah. He's got uh, 32. There is. There 32 is... on my bookie. Yeah. yeah. This is a tough one. Is it, though? I mean, Alabama's got the requisite amount of games. Is there any impetus at all for them to come out and, and throw up 60 in this game or anything like that? I mean, do they even give a shit about this game, or are they just going to try to win it by, you know, whatever? I think they will just because it's Arkansas, right? So, look, if you're 
I mean, they smoked Auburn last week, and Arkansas is not even close on that level. Mm. I'm fine if you want to take this down, especially in a six-point teaser with Alabama minus 32. What do you think, Chris? Uh, I'd, I'd lay the points. I don't know if the Heisman Trophy matters. I got three candidates. I got three of the top six Heisman Trophy candidates in Alabama. Mac I'm not Jones, Najee Harris. And, and Smith, the wide receiver. Oh, Devonta Smith, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. 20 yeah. touchdown catches. Yeah. So I don't know if Nick is actually going to try to maybe push one of those guys forward, all three of them forward. Uh, Arkansas lost 50 to 48 this past week. So we know they can give it up. And I like Sam Pittman, their new head coach. But if I'm going to, I'm laying the points with Alabama. Minus thirty-two is a lot of points. Um, yeah. If you're, if you're, and looking- again, they, there's no reason for for Alabama. The only look they got to play Florida the week after, right? And that's Heisman Trophy uh, candidate versus high, like three Heisman oh, yeah, Trophy yeah, candidates. Yeah, yeah. That's a big. Guys, that is a big fucking game. They have- Alabama's second team can still beat Arkansas, and you don't tell your second exactly, team yeah. not to score. That's Sam true. Yeah. Is trying to build on it. But their second team can score against Arkansas. I yeah, agree. That's, that's true. I guess it depends on what they do there. Do you do you do you let the starters play for for two and a half quarters and then bring them out or what do you do here exactly? I mean, I guess it depends on how the game goes, but again, 32 points in a game where they don't necessarily need to go out and show out seems like an unnecessary risk to me. I agree. It's, uh, but it's tough because of the Heisman thing too. You don't want to shut down these kids who are going for this one. Do you want to be ranked number one? What if you only win by 14? Do you have to worry about somebody actually, you know, I'm not saying they have to, but, but I don't want to play if, if being number one of the four matters, I don't even know if it does anymore. But I want to be number one because that's the thing that everybody talks about. Do you know the number on them? 39 weeks we've had this 14 college football playoff. Alabama's been number one 20. That mm. means everybody else has been number one 19 times. They've been 19. Right. They've been number one 20. And I think that kind of crap does matter to that. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I agree. honestly, at the end of the season, it's either probably going to be, if, if Ohio State gets in, it's going to be them or Notre Dame at four, probably, right? You would think. If Notre Dame loses, Clemson will go to two, Alabama will stay at one, and it'll be either Ohio State or yeah. Notre Dame at four. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess in, in years past that might be a thing because Notre Dame historically does underplay, uh, underperform. But this year, I think I agree with you. I don't know if the one through four even matters. It, it's, it's almost like a toss-up at this point. Yeah. Uh, for me personally, I would take this down. Uh, like we do a lot of teasers on the show where it's yeah. six, six points. Uh, yeah. I'll probably take this in a six point teaser and I'll take this down to 26. Uh, okay. I think four scores is fine. <laughs> and I think these kids do want to play for a Heisman and Saban's not the type of dude who's going to fuck them on this. So, uh, yeah. I mean, he doesn't care. He's not going to come out and apologize for running up a score. I, not at all. I think they put up 50. You think the other guy scores 18, because that's all the math. Correct, yeah. yeah. Uh, look at you, the two of you guys. Arkansas um, scoring 18 on Alabama kind of seems uh, unlikely, though, doesn't it? I mean, that, that, that would be the very top amount of points I would expect them to score. If their second yeah. team is yeah. in there, though. Um, so, yeah. Uh, next up, we got Georgia oof, against Missouri. Uh, we got two Mizzou guys who work for us back here, and uh, Hot Bob and Giorgio. Uh, this is UGA minus 13 against Missouri. Uh, we'll start with you since you're the Georgia guy here. I'm taking Missouri in the points. Ooh, that you just made they're, half our fucking office happy here. They're 5-1 they're since they had a quarterback change. It's a freshman, as a matter of fact. And I think 20 degrees, 22 degrees, I think it's hard to simulate that here. And I, I, I think Georgia wins the game, but, I, but I'll take two touchdowns. Okay. Uh, what about you, Anthony? I agree. I think uh, it's one of those years where uh, Missouri is overperforming or maybe they're just, like he's saying, equalizing because they actually have the right talent in there now. And Georgia has been, I wouldn't say they're on a skid, but that 
that level of invincibility they felt about their defense is completely gone now, you would expect, right? Yeah. They don't, they don't believe in that at all anymore. And, and, and say what you want about that. Maybe it's, maybe it's uh, 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 psychosomatic or something like that, but have, feeling invincible and then losing that makes a difference in your season. It definitely does. You know what I mean? And it makes a difference for the other teams. Like Missouri probably at this point feels like Georgia is beatable. Yeah, you know I mean? and then, if you're if you're Georgia, what are you playing for here? You're eight and two. You're not going to the college football playoffs. Almost all of these bowl games are getting canceled. Right. Um, what does it matter at this point? And do they care enough about the the points here? Uh, th- now, this is a perfect example of that plus six. I'll tease this up plus six to minus nineteen, and take it with that Bama game, and uh, and that'll be part of my six point teaser. Uh, what about you, Hot Bob? You're the Mizzou, you're the Mizzou guy here. You and uh, Giorgio. Uh, we historically, at least. For three quarters, when 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 it's not very evenly matched, but in a game like this, uh, mm-hmm. we play we played Georgia really close a lot of years. Just this, this is the game they get up for. Okay, this is our even more so than Florida. Like Georgia's kind of the Bama of the East since we joined the SEC. Right. So this is the game that I know that Mizzou players and coaching staff gets real hyped for. Hot I'm gonna Bob, be, I'm gonna be a fucking psycho. Yeah, and uh, just lay the plus three sixty five money line. Are you really? You're <laughs> yeah. gonna bet the Here money line on this? Look at this dirt nice. bag. There's a reason nice. you can't see him on camera, Chris. Uh, I'm taking that money line to. too. This uh, is the perfect storm for Mizzou. When you replace that with a freshman quarterback out of nowhere, you're having an up and down season. It's COVID year. Nothing's yeah. expecting of them, and they're playing for pussy. If they beat Georgia, every yeah. guy on that team is getting laid. Uh, this is the biggest game of their season. I, I understand it, uh, and for that reason, I'll, I'll take it. Uh, I'll take it in a teaser. It, it's uh, at minus nineteen and really juice this up um, uh, and take that with you guys. Um, next up, we got Oklahoma against West Virginia. This is uh, Oklahoma minus thirteen and a half. Chris, who you got here in Oklahoma? I like I love Oklahoma. I, I don't know if Lincoln Riley's going to be there next year. You know, I, I've said Bob Stoops was coming back to coach every bit as much as Urban Meyer. I don't know if he'd go back to Oklahoma if, if Riley leaves, but they might have greased the wheels a little bit with him being around practice officially. Uh, I think this is Lincoln Riley saying bye-bye to college football, and I think he's going to be in the NFL next year. I'll lay the points. They've, they've figured it out after starting one and two. Yeah, and this is uh, at West Virginia. The weather is going to be not so nice. Looks like there's a bit of rain in the forecast here. Well, Mor- Morgantown gets dirty, man. No, Anything I mean, happens in Morgantown. I- I like this. I guess the only thing stopping me from betting the over right now is the the weather. If right. the weather's going to be shitty, then you can't bet an over. But if the weather clears up, I'll look last minute and see what it looks like because these are two Big Twelve teams. At fifty six and a half, is yeah, the over that that is, that is that uh, is that is not. A, I mean, that's what we tw- won every over in the Big 28, Twelve last, 28. last week. I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, it's, I mean, it's a joke. I don't even know why Vegas even lays an over on Big Twelve games anymore. Like twenty eight, twenty nine games. Is that what that is? Yeah, uh, I'm I'm with you on this. Um, I'll I'll say it's a two score game. Just to be safe, I will buy a point and take this up to fourteen and a half and take West Virginia in this one. But uh, yeah, West Virginia at home, they got nothing to play for. You know, Oklahoma. If Lincoln Riley is really going to leave, then yeah, uh, he's not going to give a shit. So what does it matter? And you're in Morgantown, for Christ's sakes. Uh, that place, the girls dip there, and they've got really great calves. That's all they do is walk uphill, and that's that. that's. I, I, I had a buddy who kicked at West Virginia when we went down to see him. We were all freshmen in college, and he told us, come on down. It's, it's going to be fun. Don't talk to anybody. Because he was very <laughs> nervous for us. He said, you guys are Jersey Shore tough. You think you're tough. He said, this is West Virginia, boys. You walk into a bar, don't talk to anybody unless you're spoken to. And we did it 
two years in a row, we heated it. We got there and realized what he was talking about. Don't speak unless spoken to. Yeah, man. I, yeah, because I it's like in a, shit up there. in a Jersey bar, you might get punched in the face a couple of times. In West Virginia, you're going to end up buried out in the fucking woods. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? In, in a holler. Yeah, somebody's going to turn you into fried green tomatoes and chili. Yeah. Get yeah. Okay. There. Uh, was, that, was that kicker? Was it Pat McAfee? No, as a matter of fact, it was a guy named Steve Superk, who uh, Woodley was, I think, the guy that was a year above him, who was the place kicker. He only got the place kick one year, but he punished for four years. He, he basically said they had a couple of special teams play. They would eat oranges at halftime, and he'd go kick. <laughs> That's <laughs> that sounds like a child summer camp. Yeah, I got some orange slices. I kicked the ball a couple times. McAfee's, I like it. McAfee's ducking me, by the way, which is why I bring him up. I, I bet him $10,000 for charity that I could beat him in a punt pass kick. Uh, today but he's the world record holder for punt pass well he at 14 years old he was so he's he sent me that video he's only gotten better come on is that true yes that is uh so he he claims he sent me the video what three or four days ago and he said hey man i legitimately still think i own the all-time record for punt pass kick i said look uh i'm i'm still down i was dropping 50 yarders coffin corners in ninth grade like i'm good like that so um, Have you guys ever seen a picture of Andy Reid and the punt pass and kick? It's the greatest video of all time. It looks like a 35-year-old man against eight-year-old. It's the most amazing. It, it would be. I thought that's when Photoshop actually started. <laughs> I said this can't be a real thing. So did I. Yeah, he looks uh, like a walrus. That guy. He, oh he's he's looked the, he's looked the same for the last since 10, he was 14 years old. Well, for the last 10 years, and before that, he looked the same for about 30 years. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Uh, same. Uh, and next I, up, I like his Waffle House uh, menu style fucking playbook as well. That's it's great. That's pretty dude. dope. He gets it scattered, yeah. and smothered, and in a um, you know yeah. the whole thing covered. Well, not covered. Could you imagine trying to cover that body? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> next up, we got Illinois against Northwestern. Uh, this is Northwestern minus fourteen and a half. Um, why would anybody bet this game, Chris? Can you talk anybody into betting this game? Yeah, I, I, I would never bet a Lovey Smith team. I certainly don't need to start now. I'm a big Patrick Sterl fan, and, and they sort of blew that game. So, again, I'm going to go with the they have to prove that last week was fluke-ish. I will lay the points with Northwestern. Yeah, and if, if Northwestern wins, correct me if I'm wrong, they actually get in to the, the Big Ten big Championship. I mean, if one happens, but you have to expect it will. If Northwestern's on board and Ohio State will play, but if – what <laughs> – who decides that is is? Can, well, can, this is back to the backroom dealing. Yeah, yeah. Something has yeah. to happen and be announced. I think they want him in. We'll find out if they can pull it off. Yeah, um, but it I, doesn't really matter if Ohio State gets in, Indiana, Northwestern. It doesn't matter who they play. They're going to fucking beat the Christ out of them. Yeah, it doesn't. Uh, it doesn't make any sense here. But I'm with you. Look, Northwestern's got to win. Uh, Lovey Smith. He changed, man. Once he shaved that gray beard, and uh, I believe in the gray beard. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'll take Northwestern uh, again to be safe. I'll buy a point in this uh, and take it down to thirteen and a half. We preach safety first on this show. Um, uh, yeah, but we don't wear condoms or pull out. Though. Obviously, we never wear condoms, and we don't believe in AIDS that's created by the yeah. government. But uh, in in spreads, if it's fourteen and a half, we'll take a point down to thirteen and a half and make it sexy. Next up is uh, look. This is the team of. Uh, of the year. Uh, every year there's one team where everybody says, yeah, man, this is our team. It's Coastal Carolina. We, we have Dirty Dan here in the background um, on the show. Before the year started, uh, we asked him his, his filthy gambler pick of the week. He picks the school that nobody's heard of, Coastal Carolina. 
And he says, bet Coastal and they're going to win. They've now been 10-0. I tried to buy him a jersey online. They're all sold out of Coastal Carolina jerseys. That is true. That is well, a they, true story. They only had six of them. Yeah, and they're childs. Dead serious. Dan and I tried to buy you yeah. a jersey. They are the Chanteliseers? Chanticleers. 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 Yeah, it's a rooster. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you bet it is. They couldn't call them the Cox because South Carolina is just yeah. north of there. Right? And they're yeah. in South Carolina, too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and they're playing the, the, the fine men of Troy. And the spread is 13 at Coastal now, Carolina. Now, is Brad Pitt going to be playing or not? No, he's ah, not. Nice yeah, he's not going to be playing. Okay, well, yeah, I'm taking uh, Coastal at 13. Honestly, I'm surprised this isn't there. Well, let me see on my bookie. It's the year of Coastal, dude. You, you, We have to keep riding with this. Dirty Dan, are you, are you riding with Coastal? Come on. Yeah, but this would be a... Like a big time letdown spot. Yeah. After yeah. a huge win against BYU. Yeah. They might win by 10, but yeah. Uh, eh. I'd probably avoid this game. Okay. I, I'll bet it because we, we've been hot with it and I, I got my ass handed me. I took BYU last week, Chris. I get fucking dropped. Um, who do you got in this one at Coastal minus 13? I, I, I'm going to take Coastal Carolina. I agree yeah. that you, you might have to snap them awake today to let them know that you haven't done anything yet. Mm. And believe me, if you lose a game, the world's going to say you were a fluke. So, I have no idea who Troy is and what kind of football they play, but I'll bet Coastal Carolina. Did you guys get the T-shirt, the Mormons versus Mullets T-shirt? No, but yeah, I, yeah. I, I so want one. Those sold out so quickly once again that it was like uh, we actually looked into a printing press here at the office. It was $13,000. Yeah, we called Eli Whitney, and he said, hey, I've been dead for 200 years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, would you like my cotton gin again? So that's, that's – we're, we're we just close. Need, we needed some innovation, somebody to build something for us, and uh, unfortunately, people don't do that anymore. Yeah, and Eli Whitney's no. dead. Not in this country, anyways. Yeah, I don't know. Coastal uh, – Is that too soon on Eli Whitney, by the way? I apologize if I offended you. It's been 6,000 years. Uh, oh, it has. Yeah, okay. I can't – you got to – I agree with you. There may be some hangover from that BYU game. Maybe, but, man, this is – if you're on a team like this, you got to feel like yeah. – to a lesser degree, it's like LSU last year. Yeah. I mean, everything went perfectly, and you had talent where it needed to be, and you're, you're everything – it's the best season you could have ever hoped for, and this is probably Coastal Carolina's version of that. Yeah. Can I take a guess on something? Go ahead. Sure. They're going to pull the UCF, and they're going to say they're national champions if they win this game. They'll get rings. Hey, on so this- I think the idea of being undefeated and declaring yourself a national champion is a real thing. Can't do it unless you beat Troy. You know yeah, why? Sure. You know why I love you for that comment. That dirtbag who I keep referencing off camera, Dirty Dan, he he went to U, UCF, and uh, that that whole thing. I said on the show that they, they they deserve the fake national championship and all that shit. Before we got on today, this is no lie. He had he still had the Peach Bowl stub in his wallet from when they beat Auburn and won their fake national championship. So the dirtbag that you can't see. Actually went to school there and uh, went is to the a game. diehard there. He was at that game. Same stadium as the national championship. Yeah. <laughs> I, I worked that game on the sidelines. Did you really? And, and by the way, that was not flukish. I could not believe what I saw, the speed in UCF. And I know it's a big campus. There's a lot of people. I don't know what it was when he went there. But I, I'm just going to say this. There were a lot of good-looking people oh, from Central yeah. Florida in that game. Yeah. Uh, Dan, what was your, what was your ass – schedule like down there I, I would imagine you pulled some in at ucf right we don't have to get into that well we don't have to get in oh you get a girlfriend yeah. now that's right yeah, yeah. Uh, well you know uh, look it's fine a guy like you i'm assuming you pulled a decent uh, amount of trim and that it's game. essentially arizona she's not state listening east. to the show she's not she's not listening to ucf sports, so. is arizona state east okay it's massive fair enough it's not hard to get into Fair enough. Chris, yeah. you're, since you're new to this show, I host a, uh, a charity, Fathers Without Boundaries, where I mentor young women at Arizona State uh, between the ages of 20 to 22. 
who haven't had a father figure in their life. And uh, it's just, it's an outreach program where uh, it's, it's a lot of me outreaching to them. Um, wow. But uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I, I do God's work and I, whatever. I don't need to be praised for that. Um, we, came, we came to praise Caesar, not to bury him today. Uh, next up, we got uh, North Carolina, number 17, against number 10, Miami, who I still don't believe in. This is Miami minus three and a half in this one. I'll take the fucking, I'll be the captain now in this one and say I'm taking North Carolina. Money line in this one. I'm considering that as well. I mean, I need, I need a little bit more time to think about it. Uh, North Carolina is not the same team it was ever in its history right now. I mean, I, it, it, it feels like one of those Dabo in 2014 moments where you feel I, like I, I feel like everybody in college football felt Clemson turning the corner right there. Mm-hmm. Like they could see it coming. I, I feel like everybody could. I could for sure. Uh, and then in 15, 16, 17, 18, they, they just wrecked it and they're still going today. I feel like North Carolina might be making a move like that. And look, there's no better conference to do it in than the ACC because right. there's no, I mean, who the fuck are you playing other than Clemson every year? And they have a lot of great recruits for the next yeah. year going to UNC. Mac Brown has done a great job with I this think, program. I think they're excited about this year and their performance so far this year. And I think they're, and ex- last I, year. I think they're super excited about what's going to come next year. I think, I think they come out and roll Miami in this game. Yeah, I'm you with know, you. The history of the ACC was, don't forget, Miami, Florida State on both mm. sides. They've never played each other in the ACC championship game. Miami can't mm. sniff that game. It really is amazing. The fight is to be number two, but mm. the idea that whether it's Virginia Tech, Virginia, Georgia Tech down here, Carolina, they're all fighting to be number two, and nobody actually wants to do it. Nobody wants to take a hold of being the second-best team in the ACC. They do see double around the idea that who wants to slip in under Clemson and at least lay that claim. Nobody's good enough for two years in a row to do it. Yeah, yeah. I, I Mac are you Brown, taking? Are you, so you taking North Carolina in this game? I'm taking North Carolina. Yeah, look at that across the board, across the board. I, it just seems like a game they're going to win. To be honest, this seems like one of those late in the season grinded out games where uh, uh, somebody like Mac Brown has a big influence over how the game plays it's out. It's going I mean? to help with recruits next year. And yeah. uh, I look, they they always have a big win. Uh, you can get tickets for this game as low as thirty bucks on DrinkingBrosTickets.com right now uh next up we got uh, purdue against indiana i do not have a spread here for this one uh is this another possible covid ish game um because we know phoenix ain't coming back well it could According be to my bookie it's ten and a half. Ten and a half mm, on yeah. my bookie. it there could be does purdue not have a a child with cancer to parade out onto the field and try wow. to steal a game wow this year? look we, I, we don't talk uh, about that on this i show. do Mizzou killed him. <laughs> did they really? Did, yeah. Oh did, man, yeah. that poor kid. Uh, I know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, I look. I, I, I bet against Indiana last week. It cost me. I'm not going to do the same this week. Um, come on. I'm going to take Indiana. Yeah, I mean, look, Purdue is not exactly a great football team, but I don't think Indiana is. The, Indiana seems like a really good team because oh, they beat Penn State and Michigan. Penn State sucks. Michigan sucks. Maybe even worse than Penn State. You know what I mean? Maybe, yeah. It's, 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 it's neck and neck there. But the, the time they did play a really good team, Ohio State, it was closer than I thought it was going to be. It was 35-7 Seven points. Time, though, but. I mean, yeah, I, I it was. Did you guys see the post game where their coach, Tom Hall, was you know the stand-up mic that somebody's got to be six feet away from him so right, yeah. it looks like he's doing a stand-up act? Right. Yeah. Did you see the players? Four different guys ran by unsolicited and said, best coach in the country if you're a recruit. And he said two weeks ago, we're going to beat Ohio State because we love each other, because of love. Mm. That's probably not why you're going to win or, or lose to Ohio State. So no. I wouldn't really, but I do think it's the best coach-player relationship story. P.J. Fleck in Minnesota had it. It doesn't mean you're going to win for any extended period of time, but there is this sort of love fest that I think is real down in Indiana. 
Yeah, I, I mean, and, and if there is a Big uh, Ten championship game, they obviously can't lose this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because if, if Ohio State does sit out, then it will be Indiana in there. So, look, man, um, I'm for that reason, yeah, 10 and a half, I'm, I'm in on Indiana. Indiana. Yeah. yeah, Indiana. Uh, next up, we get Wisconsin against Iowa. Uh, this is a pick em game. It, it should be because I don't know what the fuck's going to happen in this game, to be honest. I mean, it's only Wisconsin's fifth game of the season, and they haven't looked great and, and really – I uh, bet on them last weekend against Indiana, mm-hmm. and they, they can't score in the red zone. No, they can't put the ball in the red zone. And, look, Iowa's a weird team. It's a, they're, they're, they play out of a state that doesn't even exist, uh, which yeah. is tough to pin down. Like, you can't game plan against uh, Ghost. What the hell are you going to do? No, have you, have you looked at a map for, for the state of Iowa, and, uh, and it just kind of disappears in the cornfields? Mm-hmm. That's so funny. I, was, I don't know if this is unprecedented on the show, but I was going to let one of you guys pick this game for me. I, I'm tired of Iowa's story in a lot of ways. Uh, Barry Alvarez is a character. Like, football needs characters. Barry Alvarez is the AD. Is there. I, I'm surprised, really, quite honestly, that two Saturdays a month, he, he's not coaching this team because I think he still wants to coach. But I, I'm I with you. I, I couldn't tell you who to take in this game. Like, with my money, I'll let you guys, one of you can pick this game for me, and I'll be perfectly satisfied well here's the thing we do on our show and this is completely dead serious like we're, we don't adhere to the sponsors or anything else right we're we're here to win people money i yeah. don't I, I would feel irresponsible telling people to bet on a game that is truly a coin toss therefore like there there is games that d'anthony and i just we're like dude we're out of this i'm not gonna fuck yeah i'm not gonna tell you to bet on this man save your money for chick-fil-a uh, or something else that night uh you know get some lube for your lover uh washington versus oregon Whew, the Trap 12 is back again, dude. This is Oregon minus six. Oregon was uh, supposed to be a top five football team this year. They are now three and two in their own horrific conference. Yeah. Uh, Washington is three and one. Boy, I, I don't, have you watched any of these games I don't, this year? I don't think a meaningful football game has been played in the Pac-12 yet. Since 2005, right? Well, I mean. <laughs> That's funny. Cer- um, certainly not since Reggie Bush's. Uh, yeah, they're an outlier. Yeah, because I'm I, assuming I, somebody's interested. Ohio Oregon, State mopped them in in 2015 for the national championship. So, yeah. yeah. Or, or listen, I'll I'll lay the points with Oregon, and and again, it's just because I think they probably do have more talent. But Oregon is really going to be a case study somewhere down the road with the, with the Phil Knight money and everything else, because I, I thought that there was a chance their sustainability would be better because of there's not been one person who hasn't been on that campus that hasn't jaw hits the floor. You cannot believe what it is you're seeing. And the idea that you can't get recruits there that are good enough or coach them up once they get there, they were supposed to be every bit as good as USC for a stretch. And they, they've died on the vine in the last few years, just like everybody in that conference. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you in this one, man. But uh, for that reason, I, I stay away from this. I, don't, I, I never bet Oregon. I lost a bet to him last year on the show where uh, I believed in Oregon and I shouldn't have because they never cover. And I bet that I would dye my hair blonde and grow a mustache oh. like Steve Prefontaine. So oh, I had to live nice. out uh, about four months of my life like that. Therefore, I don't bet on Oregon ever again. But look, at three and two in, in Washington at three and one here in a, in a six spread. Why? Uh, why bet your heart on money on that when there's better games like this next one? You know, uh, Florida against LSU. Uh, Florida has to win this game. Yeah, LSU has looked like a pile of trash that has been set on fire. Yeah, as, uh, as bad as out. as bad as their uh, offense looks with the absence of Burroughs and all those guys from last year, their defense is terrible too. Yep. And Trask, uh, I mean they 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 have two things going on here. One, 
he can I feel like Trask can win the Heisman trophy this week. I do too. I don't I think he can get yeah. so far ahead this week that there's no way for anybody to come back. I agree. Um and obviously he's gonna try to go wild. And if you're the Florida coach, you let him because there's one, there's no way you're gonna lose this game. Mm-hmm. And two, uh, you know, doing things like that, the recruiting is such a big part of the process. Showing up for your players and taking their side and stuff like that will make you look very attractive to to five star recruits. There's- I I think There's th- two days left in a week. That might be the smartest thing that, I've, that I'll hear all week. It's the mm. smartest thing that I've heard this week because Dan Mullen, quarterback whisperer, wants to be able to walk into any living room and said, mm. I took a guy in Kyle Trask who basically had no stars. Mm. Yep. He walked away as a first-round pick with the Heisman Trophy. Yep. He's got 38. There's no reason he shouldn't have 42 when this game is done. Right. And I do think that matters to Dan Mullen. Not only do they have to when you keep the hopes alive, but I think there's something to be said about this is how we do it down here. We go win trophies. I, I agree, and I'm all in on, on Florida yeah. for that exact reason. And, uh, yeah, shit, he might walk out of this game with 45 touchdowns. And Bo uh, Pelini stinks, by the way. Yeah, boy. He's at LSU. It's awful. Yeah, uh, terrible. Terrible. Next up, we got Oklahoma State against Baylor. Now, this is an interesting game, too. It is. Because it's, at, it's in Waco. Baylor is that's a, I don't know why. It's a tough place to play for people for some reason. Particularly Oklahoma and Texas football teams, Baylor should not be a good team necessarily, and then Texas will go in there frequently and get their ass handed to them. Yeah, and it should just—it shouldn't happen. No, you know and there I mean? is tickets available for this. And I'm it's drinking Bros tickets. It's Oklahoma com. State minus five. I, I don't think Oklahoma State is that great of a football team. I and, and Baylor is is middle of the road at best. But why is it minus five? And for the for the fifteenth ranked team in the country versus Baylor, who's two and six, why is it minus five? Well, Oklahoma State has three losses here, so sure. Um, but it, they can score points, they right? They can, I mean, and therefore, I'm going to bet the over on this. The over under is forty nine, which is really low for the Big Twelve. Um, that is that should be in the high fifties. Um, so that, that's not a halftime line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, right? right? Um, therefore, I, I think that's my forty nine and minus. I'm going five. the other way. I like Oklahoma State. Okay. What about you, Danthony? Uh, give me a sec. I'm doing math. Dirty Dan here. What do you got on this? Baylor can't score. Oklahoma State has a decent defense. 49 points in the under. Big 12? Yeah, hit the under. No way. Yeah. Not one prayer. Ooh. Not one prayer. The uh, spread. What is the spread? Five? Yeah, five. In and this one. 49 total points. Yeah, so you're probably looking at 29-24 uh, games. It's 27-22 yeah. is what that game should be. Baylor's not scoring 22 points. I don't, I don't see Baylor scoring 22, but I don't know if, I mean, does Oklahoma State throw up 40? Because no. they do that on a pretty regular basis. Their um, offense also stinks. Well, they scored 50 against Texas Tech. Do you think Texas Tech and Baylor are similar? Not that there's a transitive property, but both of those teams. Baylor has a better defense than Tech. Okay. Yeah. I'm taking the over. 49 all day long, and I'll take that in a teaser, too, and take it a down to 43. A sentence I've never heard uttered, I'll take the under in a Big 12 game. Yeah. It's Jesus. happened a lot this year, though. I know. This dirtbag back here. I wish you could see him. College basketball has been all about the unders so far this year. Yeah. Well, college basketball has. It, 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 it'll continue. It's always about the under. They call it under porn. Uh, on their show on our network under and, uh, porn is just like two and a half minutes of missed shots kicked balls turnovers that's just pure under pure porn. under porn and i love all of it uh it's a great phrase uh next up we got uh well there is one rivalry game playing this week uh usc against ucla congratulations the game that no one asked to see is uh is playing in los angeles two los angeles teams are able to have a game in Pasadena, where the entire state is shut down, but Michigan can't play football this week. Got it. This is uh, USC minus three. Who you got? That's a tough one, man. 
I'm taking I, USC. Again, I don't know uh, what US, USC can really do. I, it's we we had we we made we had this discussion before the season started about how many of these games are really going to matter. And it's the same thing in the NFL. And I think the how difficult it's been to gamble on the NFL and NCA and, and NCA and through the first couple of weeks shows that the lack of of the team being together through those even like even though most top guys don't play the games and preseason in the NFL missing that opportunity mm-hmm. to be there and see stuff happening and, and game plan and think about stuff and see how, Oh, that receiver breaks this way and whatever the fuck it is. Right. There's so much stuff you can learn just watching those games. I feel like it carried over and it was really inconsistent for the first couple of weeks. This is the fifth game in the, in the sixth game for these two teams respectively. That's, that is not what you would expect to see in a typical mid December game. Right. And a rivalry game, so I, don't, no. I, I honestly don't know what's going to happen. USC is clearly better than UCLA, but what the? Who cares? Can I give you a money line bet? Yeah. Do you have the capability to throw a certain team winning by this or more points? So go pick up odds on that. Uh, yeah, we can I, find I'll that. take a money line bet where UCLA wins by two scores. I will Whoa. throw it to the point where UCLA wins the game by double digits. I'll go to fourteen if it gives me the right odds. Are you are you serious right now? Yeah. Now tell yeah. me tell me why you yeah, think that. Yeah, that is a very because hot take. I, this is I this enjoy is my that. Sh- this is my shocking. USC was supposed to fire coaches. They were supposed to be, you know, it wasn't like Oregon. It was supposed to be. I, I've seen and heard their story. They're back and they're going to do this. And I didn't I didn't believe it. I think this is one of those times where UCLA just says, um, ne- neither one of them is really going to own the state because I'm not even sure if that's possible even at USC anymore. But I will I will find the odds that lay win by and i'll take ucla by a minimum of double digits i'll go as far as 14 if the number is right if the odds <laughs> actually play my favor i'll go that high. that is amazing that is a big boy call on that one uh you can't do that though dan can you, you can't you can't uh, up the points on shit you can you can do that in like super bowls and everything else i think there's some services where you can create you can literally in some vegas books you can propose a bet and then you'll find out if somebody in their in their book, in their sports book, will actually lay an odd on a number. Yeah, mm-hmm. alternate lines. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I feel like I'm in an alternate world with that call, but I love it. I look. I'm, I'm here for all of it. UCLA pl- double digits here. Okay. Uh, look, man, you pulled out the sack on that one, and I, I see your brass, my man. Uh, last but not least, um, phew, this game means nothing now. San Diego State against BYU. This is BYU minus 16. What do they have to play for anymore, Chris? Um, we always like to say personal pride, don't we? Isn't this the moment in the show where you talk about personal pride? Uh, Picking yeah. yourself up because you find out about your character after a loss. Right, yeah. If that was real, then uh, the Dallas Cowboys would not be in the position they're in right now, I think. Right? Yeah, and that position is missionary. Yeah. Or reverse cowboy. Yeah, nailed it. Uh, who do you got in I'll this one? I'll take BYU. I, uh, Zach, Zach Wilson. He's had a hell of a year. He's got big numbers. There's no reason to believe that they don't throw the football to actually bump up his numbers as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got 27 <clears throat> touchdowns and 3,000 yards on the season. Uh, he's fine. I just, man, I, I don't know how you come back from a, a loss like that last week and if you actually get up to beat a, a team by 16. Well, um, I don't know. I mean, San Diego uh, State, they won this game last year. And, of yep. course, they won a bowl game yeah. last year as well. So, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> This is another one where it, I just college I, football has been shitty. Uh, fake Dan, who do you got? I know you bet these disgusting games like this. You know who San Diego State's coach is, right? Yeah, 
So what do you think? No, I mean, it's Brady Hoke. Yeah. Yeah. A former coach of Michigan. Right. Terrible. Yeah. Uh, BYU probably bounces back here. Yeesh. You got to think they kind of just lay I'm not on giving them. BYU 16 points 16 after points. they just lost to Coastal Carolina. I'll take this in a six-point teaser and knock this down to 10. This will complete my oh. teaser for the week. I'll take it down to 10 and take BYU and say they, they do that, but that's about it with this. The unfortunate thing is, uh, like we were talking about at the top of the show, all of us, is like, you know, if you have a bye week and you're able just to pick your team and, and shoot your shots, you got to give BYU all the credit in the world for flying yeah. cross country to go and play mm-hmm. Coastal. But then when it happens and you lose, that is your season and it's over. Like, you know, but they didn't your... have a season anyway. Yeah. They, they weren't going to be considered for this whole thing. I, so I agree. I'd get in the middle of the ring. But, but that's why it's tough to go back and then say, all right, well, shit. Two weeks ago, 10 days ago, we were in a national title, you know, conversation, potentially, right? I didn't yeah. think they were going to go to the, the final four, but they did. Some other people were bitching about it. You lose, and then you come back, and you got to beat a 16-point spread at home. Um, I, I, do you get up for that? That is the hardest question in sports, I guess. Um, you know, it's like, it's like dude, if, if Verlander didn't marry Kate Upton, right? How do you fuck her and then just move on to someone else, like a waitress from Carabas? You know, I don't know if you can in this. So for that reason, I'll take this down to 10 with a six-point teaser and go from there, but not the full 16. What about you, Dan? I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I feel like I've got some kind of dissociative disorder for football this year. You know what I mean? Like, it, it seems like uh, I'm schizophrenic. Yeah. Because I've got this brain that I've used this whole time to think about things and process information and watch teams and look at stats and, and make decisions based on it. And this year, it seems like everything's tits up. Everything I think twenty twenty. It yeah. is, yeah. Everything I yeah. think I it's going to happen is is completely, uh, completely wrong. Like these, even in the NFL, these teams that typically do certain things, like well, Seattle's been pretty consistent. They they lose close games for no reason and they don't cover the spread. We the all Seahawks? know that, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, but a lot of stuff has been weird, man. The way it's happened this year. Like, well, remember this though: we had a Russell Wilson the MVP a handful of weeks in. And now he's not the MVP, and he's not going to win it. No, right. I, I think the idea that the ebb and flow of this 2020 maybe seems a little bit more pronounced than other years have been, because you can mind fuck yourself when you when you literally start to overthink everything mm. in your life. You want to yeah. make it simple, and then you overthink something like this. It's BYU and San Diego State. You're not even supposed to have three seconds of a thought on it, but because everything else in the world is so sort of kaflui, you go, I'm going to overthink this game. I'm going to take the team that actually look good enough with a good quarterback to go beat a team in San Diego State where, again, this side of Brady Hope, what do you really know about? Yeah. I mean, I, I know they, they beat BYU last year, and they, and they won a bowl game. I mean, they, they closed out the season pretty well. But, again, what does that mean this year? It, does Past performance is not a, a good indicator of, of future success. That is, that is absolutely true, in all, not just in business but in sports. And the, the, the hot hand theory and all that shit is nonsense. Right. So that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if they've done it before necessarily, although the pedigree from winning championships obviously does seem to play some kind of role. I, but it, this is San Diego State, BYU. I, just, I struggle not necessarily. I, I can't imagine a, a, a situation where San Diego State wins this game. I can't either. I just don't know by 16. But 16. Therefore, I'll tease this, I'll cock tease this down to 10. I'll tease it down to 10. Even, even a 10, though. I don't know. You're overthinking it. You're overthinking it, Dan. Jesus, Maybe, man. but this is it's 2020. What yeah. am I going to do? Uh, I don't know. San Diego uh, State. Or yeah, San yeah. Diego State can't score. They so, can't score. So you, you got BYU. BYU puts up 35. You're you're good. 
Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what. Uh, it's the point in the show we get to uh, Dirty Dan's Filthy Picks of the Week. Since you got the mic on, who, who do you got here? Who is your disgusting teams that you're betting on as a true dirtbag? This week we're going with an undefeated team. Okay. Oh, God. San Jose State. I fucking knew it. Minus two and a half against Nevada. <laughs> Nick Starkle has, has found his game in San yeah. Jose for some reason. Yeah. He had to go from A&M to Arkansas. Now he's in San Jose. Yep. Nope. And Look, uh, he's starting to play some. He's got the, the boys humming in San Jose. I yeah. tell you what. I feel more confident in betting on that piece of shit game than I do BYU minus 16 right yeah. now. So, uh, or, or Iowa, Wisconsin. Exactly. I, yeah, you're right. I, like, I'll, I'll take Dirty Dan's filthy pick of the week Spartans. over Iowa, Wisconsin. Yeah, I don't like being sure. made to feel like I'm – being, I, I feel compelled to care about Iowa and Wisconsin right now. I don't like that because I don't want to care about either one nope. of those places. No, you shouldn't. Uh, you shouldn't. Speaking of caring about things, we're running a fundraiser right now uh, for Drinking Bros the, for the group to make sure that, uh, you know, 2020 has been a challenging year for a lot of people, obviously. Yep. Um, and, but for a lot of people, it hasn't. So if you're one of those people that hasn't uh, been fucked up for work-wise, we're raising money to make sure that none of the kids in our fan base uh, – have to go without Christmas presents this year. Mm-hmm. The last I checked, we started it last night. It's been about, I don't know, 16 hours now. We've raised about, raised about $16,000. So if you're, 16, yeah, if you're out there, we're, we're doing it through PayPal. You can use this phone number, 910-240-2683 and make a contribution. And uh, I have a, a professional charity person handling all the money that's coming in. And also, if you're a person out there that needs... Uh, to get stuff for your children and you can't this season, you can email drinking our drinking bros charity. That's drinking without a G mm-hmm. bros charity at gmail.com and drop uh, your, your wish list for the kids and your address and we'll send it out to you. Yeah. And you know, we've been doing this uh, donating to a lot of listeners uh, around the holidays every single year now. And uh, this year, as the show keeps growing, we thought we would do this. Uh, Dan is, is spearheaded. it, and uh, it's been amazing. Again, $16,000 in less than, uh, 16 hours uh, have been donated. So uh, we're super, super amped about that. This is the point in the show where we get to the drinking bro of the week, which is someone who has inspired you or helped you become the person you are today. Chris, who would you like to give that to? Is this big picture or is this just for the last five days? Hey, days? man, it could be either or. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> All right. Uh... Look, it, it, I'll go the sappy route. It's my wife's birthday today, and I will oh, nice. tell you this point blank. Uh, I've heard it. It's not original. I've heard it from professional athletes to head coaches to GMs to just guys on the street. I outkick my coverage. I'm out over my skis. It's not even close. It's not debatable, but it's not original either. I will say it's her because we got married in her late 20s, uh, made it through the 30s and 40s, into the first two years for her 50s. When I tell you, Great mom, a great wife, better mom, which is sometimes hard to find. So I will say that she's probably, for all the right reasons, been in charge of everything. It's why the lights are on. It's why I have internet, everything else. Uh, I don't know what I would be. I probably would have been a full-blown degenerate. I'm serious. I probably would have been a full-blown degenerate. I'm not saying I would have been a hobo on a train with a stick bandana and pork and beans, but I would have been close. (laughs) Uh, Because of her, there's a really good opportunity for me to say, Tonight when I go to bed, it'll be with a drink in my hand, internet on, uh, cable on. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pick her because 22 years later, it's absolutely worked out. 
That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, hey, we appreciate you being on here today. Uh, tell everyone where they can find you on social media. Yeah, thanks. Uh, at Chris Camino, real simple, D-I-M-I-N-O on Twitter. Uh, can I do one plug real quick? Yeah, oh, do whatever. Yeah, yeah. Are, you, are you guys baseball guys? Yes. Yeah, we're big Braves fans over here. Huge, okay. huge Braves fans. So what about big picture sort of historical baseball? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you name it, right. we know it. Probably. I got 25 episodes in. I've got another 25 that's starting right on January 1st. This thing is called Hardball Podcast. And these are interviews that I've done. I hate interviews. Conversations that I started like 20 years ago. Mm. So it's it's Stan Musial, Ted Williams, Willie Mays, Hank Aaron, Whitey Ford, Phil Rizzuto, Brooks Robinson, Mike Schmidt, Yount, Bo Jackson. I'm doing specialty episodes, 69 Mets, Moneyball A's. So the first 25 are there. If you go to Hardball Podcast, you can actually see it, hear it. Excuse me. 25 more are coming uh, after January 1st. But it's sort of that whole thing where you guys get a chance to just bullshit. Mm. You actually bullshit with people who did something. Right. And then they tell you how and why they were able to do it. That That's what that version of sort of the professional life has been. It's probably been the most fun that I've ever had doing it. Yeah, now, I now like Let me that. ask you, are, are some of these people actually on the show? Did you get them as guests? Are you oh, talking no, no, about them? them. No, 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 no. These, this is not a monologue show. You're kidding. This is you got all those guys on the show? Yeah, so I did Musial as the first one. Just real quick, I, I played eight minutes of Musial. It hadn't been played in 18 years. Mm-hmm. And I met a guy 42 years old later on that Saturday. I had a Saturday morning baseball show. He said, you know, I've never heard Stan Musial speak. And I hadn't really thought of it that way. Like, why would you have heard Stan Musial speak? So I said, let me find out. So I had all of these older conversations. And I did Joe Morgan right before he passed. Uh, it was the last one he ever did. Hour, wow. 15, 20 minutes with Joe Morgan. I just did two hours with Pete Rose, and it's not about gambling. Guys he played with, guys he played against. So that'll be coming up in the second 25. I did Scott Hattieberg, Ron Washington, and Tim Hudson for an Oakland A's Moneyball mm-hmm. thing. Uh, 69 Mets. I spoke to a couple of guys who played in that World Series team. So these are all one-on-one conversations. These are all firsthand. This is not a monologue show. These are these guys uh, actually – conversations over the last 20 years well I'll definitely amazing. yeah i'll definitely check that out what a, i don't remember the name of it one of my favorite books growing up was this uh kind of behind the scenes anonymous stories from major league baseball players uh it's one of the best things i've ever read uh one, one of the stories that really stood out was when julio franco got moved to uh first base he hated playing there so anytime he would tell anybody that was a runner on first base like hey if you make the guy if you make the pitcher throw over here i'm gonna slap the shit out of you with his glove and ball like I, I hate, I hate this position. I don't want to be here. And if you make me be here longer, I'm going to hurt you. Uh, I'd love stuff like and the kangaroo court stuff and explaining all that behind the scenes stuff is so it, it's like reality TV, but for previous generations and you can't get that anywhere else. You know what I mean? You, you, you know, it's easy to talk about the hall of famers and the big names. Mm. There was a guy named Cecil Travis. Oh yeah. Ted Williams called him the greatest player that nobody's ever heard of. He went to world war two, got frostbite in his mm. feet, battle of the bulge. Uh, his grandchildren asked me if I would, if I could get him to say yes, because he never talked about it. A guy named Eldon Auker, one of the greatest storytellers ever, played with uh, the Tigers. So he played with Hank Greenberg and was mm. in World Series. A guy named Ernie Coy, just real quick, listen to this night. You've never heard of the guy. Small town in Texas, went to college in the 1930s. In 1938, this is one night for the guy named Ernie Coy, and I spoke to him about it all. First night game at Ebbets Field. Second no-hitter of Johnny Vandermeer's back-to-back mm. no-hitters. He's in the lineup. He got no-hit that night. For he raced right? Jesse Owens before the game. That's three things in one night that a guy you've never heard of tells the story about why he was picked to, to race Jesse Owens in Ebbets Field, the first night game in Ebbets Field when Vandermeer throws the second no-hitter. 
That's it's amazing. Crazy. Yeah, I, I look. We're Dan and I are big baseball guys. Johnny um, Vandermeer threw a, a screwball. Is like one of the first guys to do it. Yeah, uh, we we have we've had Pete Rose on the show numerous times. Mm-hmm. We did an episode too where where we didn't ask him about. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, betting on baseball and stuff like that. He's just a great guy. I'm sure that'll be a lights out interview. Um, one request I have for you, uh, yeah. which is one request that I want on this show as well. If you get a hold of Ricky Henderson, just call me. Yeah. Uh, that can be endless. That a Ricky Henderson episode could go three or four hours. Can I give you the God's honest truth? Yeah. So I've spoken to Ricky. Reggie Jackson, I banned. He was on a thing I called the ban list. It was a long story, but Reggie and I have made up. Reggie's going to come on in 2021 we're going to do the baseball thing with reggie not personality mm. i called up ricky this is what ricky said to me and i swear on my kids four eyes <laughs> ricky don't do phones <laughs> that's what he told me ricky don't do phones so i don't know what you do at that point oh machete don't text um yeah this is great dude that is exactly what i wanted to hear from ricky anderson i look I, I love to have Ricky in person. That was my childhood, mm. dude. Uh, I always I love the flash and the the sex of uh, of Ricky Henderson. So. Do you remember the story when he signed a three year nine million dollar deal? Well, was that the one where he kept a check and framed it? Well, no, that's the other one. That this was his first bonus. He signed three years nine million, and like two days later, he was crying because other guys signed three million dollar plus deals, and Ricky didn't want that contract anymore. Ricky's great third person. But Ricky literally was bitching about his contract like two days after he signed a three-year, $9 million deal because other guys who he thought couldn't hold his job were signing $3 million a year deals. Yeah, yeah, he's he's the best, man. Uh, there's the John Olerud story. He's got a million. Right. Hypothermia. Uh, look, hey, thanks for coming on today, dude. This was an absolute blast. Mm-hmm. Uh, we listen, appreciate it. I really, listen, if I come out to Austin, I can't wait to pop in to see you guys live. Please yeah, absolutely, do. man. Anytime. You, you can see we've got plenty of desk for you. Mm-hmm. So if you come yes. on out to Austin, Texas, we're actually in Atlanta a lot, by the way. So mm-hmm. uh, we'll hit you up in Atlanta, and then well, uh, we'll do this in person. I found the pizza place that you'll actually say that was good pizza in the city of Atlanta when you guys come in. And I know a lot of bar owners, so we can have a good time. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, we appreciate you being here, Chris. Uh, check out his podcast. Um, and uh, for D'Anthony, D'Anthony Holloway, I'm Ross Patterson. This is the Drinking Bros Sports. Good night, everyone. <laughs>